blast. <laughs> this is the redo, by the way. You know, I don't know if that's going to make this cut, but we're we're back in this thing. Yeah. This for gonna, round it's going to go well. I already know. Yeah. yeah, we're good. The energy's up. I think the energy really is up. I think we're, we're loose. Yeah. We're good. And honestly, we, we talked about so much now, it's like we can be more conversational even, you know. Like, and, that, and that's why I told Greg, I said, you know, we kind of know where we where it is the, exactly. the questions it'll still be natural the good but answers yeah <laughs> yeah we ain't doing no tripping I told you dang they calling me see this didn't happen the first time <laughs> I was like I'm not smoking in my car on the way there hey what's up ladies and gentlemen <laughs> what's up everybody this is the Greg and Obi show I'm Obi I'm Greg and we have a special guest in the building. Her name is Ingrid. Woo! What's up? Please, hey. <laughs> please introduce yourself for everyone who does not know. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. My name is Ingrid. Um, I am from Houston, from Third Ward, Houston. born and raised. How old your boy? Yeah. Um, I am a rap artist first, and I am also a songwriter and sometimes a fake singer. <laughs> and um, and I am signed to the label to a label owned by the best singer um in the world, Beyonce. The label is called. Parkwoods. Shout out to Parkwood Entertainment. Shout out Parkwood. I've been Queen there. and King of R&B. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I saw that too. Um, yeah, word. Um, and so anyway, I'm signed to Parkwood. I've been signed there for a few years. And um, I've also written a couple songs um, under Beyonce's direction and 4B. And I have been working on music, you know, since I was like a kid, a little kid, mm -hmm. since I was 11. So it's like my life. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Man, <laughs> it's not it's, who I am. It's, it's what I do. I would say it's dope having you here because when it comes to, you know, the lore of Beyonce, no one knows anything, and you're literally right there with her pretty much all the time. So yeah, yeah. you're like the closest that any of us are getting <laughs> to her right now. And we don't want to make everything about her, but yeah. at the same time, I know you'll be able to bless us with some, some shit that a lot of us are dying to know. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I've definitely um, known Queen B for a long time. And, um, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for her, first mm -hmm. and foremost. We all and, do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just I'm just super grateful to be under her umbrella in any capacity. So I'm, I'm happy about that. <clears throat> all right. So first of all, before we start, forgot for people to join in the podcast, Greg and I, we have this podcast we host once a month, yeah. kind of highlighting the stuff that's going on with our lives, okay. mm -hmm. and hopefully get some insight, you know, some motivation, whatever it is. But right now, because of what you're doing, we definitely want to know the ins and outs of your work. And yeah. first of all, like, how did you get started? So that's a great question. Um, always is uh, basically, you know, I, I was kind of born into a musical family. Um, I grew up, like I said, in Third Ward on a street called South McGregor, and uh, my mother at the time was a real estate agent. Her name was Vivian, maiden name Bookman, but Mary named Burley, and her real estate company was Bookman Burley Realty or whatever. And mm -hmm. she was pretty known in Third Ward. And long story short, she, um, you know, ended up selling houses to like a lot of the people who I'm still close with to this day. Uh, one of those families and people uh, was. Uh, Matthew and Tina Knowles back in the gap and um, that was before I was even born um, uh -huh. and basically they ended up having a, a daughter um, named Solange born in 86 and then six months later I was born in 86 that and 1986 yeah, let's go yeah and um you know we we ended up kind of being raised together and we literally grew up on one street 
uh, part. Like, so uh-huh. McGregor and Parkwood are one street over from each other in Third Ward, in case mm-hmm. you're not familiar with the area. And so, mm-hmm. um, long story short, aside from that relationship, my grandfather was a jazz musician. My grandmother was a self-taught pianist and visual artist, a, a painter. It was brilliant. And, um, you know, I, I was always exposed to, like, really high-quality um, art and music. Um, my parents always played records. They love entertaining, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and And then, you know, it just with the way the world and life happens, mm-hmm. the universe happens, uh, you know, Beyonce and, and Solange and their family, they were starting to develop, you know, a career in music very early on. So just from me being close with them and being raised around them, I started to get to, like, have a front seat to seeing how things work and mm-hmm. the work that's put in. And very, very early on, I decided, dang, I think this is what I want to do, too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, one thing led to another. And um, some several years down the line, Matthew Knowles ended up being my first formal manager ever. I signed with him right after I graduated high school. And um, I ended up being signed to his label Music World for like five years. Um, and that was like, I always called that my apprenticeship in music and kind of like my undergrad. Because while all my homies were going to college, I dropped out of college after the first semester and uh-huh. took a deal with Matthew. And I got keys to like the studio here in Houston. I was in college in New York and I moved back home. Um mm-hmm. And um, I had full access to the studio 24-7, and that gave me the opportunity to just work on my craft. And, like, most people don't have that. You know, even if you get signed to a big label today, they're not giving you a studio for free where you don't have to rack up a bill and recoup it. Mm -hmm. So it was a real big blessing for me. Excuse me. And so um, basically, I just used that time. Like, Matt had a whole bunch of artists. Y'all, you know, might remember, like, he had, like, Project Popstar back in the day Mm -hmm. and a group called Affinity that later ended up being called Mona Lisa, then Lady Lux, and mm-hmm. I ended up writing a bunch of records for them, and um, it kind of just displayed my talent as both a writer and an artist. I had a live band way back back then in 05, 06 is when I first started playing with a live band, mm-hmm. and um, it's also when South by Southwest first started introducing um, acts to their... Uh, to their festival outside of like indie rock yeah. and hip hop. Uh-huh. So, excuse me, indie rock and like pop and other genres. Yeah. So, like, I was one of the first hip hop acts to perform at South by actually. Like, 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 what, 2011? 2006. Oh, damn. damn. I, played, I played South by 2006, 7, and 8. And mm-hmm. I was signing Music World all three of those years. And it was these were big venues with my live band, yeah. mm-hmm. but straight rapping, you know, mm-hmm. you know, doing my records or whatever. So, like, I've been, you know, in the game for a long time as a, both an artist and a writer. Um, I came into the game as a rap artist. And, you know, just from getting indoors with that, people like, yo, she could write too, you know. Yeah. So um, now, fast forward, um, after my stint with Music World, that lasted five years, I ended up being like, yo, I think I'm going to move to New York, you know, um, mm-hmm. back to New York, rather. Um, they say if you make it, if you can make it in New York, you make it anywhere. Yep, so. Yep. I decided to go there. I barely had any money. And, um, you know, I still always maintain a relationship with the Knowles family. It's always been like my second family, kind of. But at the same time, I never expected any handouts from them. So I was just trying to figure out things on my own, you know. And so when I went to New York, I didn't necessarily have, like, a long-term plan. I was like, all right, with this little amount of money, I got to go. If I can make it through three months here, then we'll see what I what happens at the three-month mark. And then yeah. we'll just try to keep it going. And that's, you know, essentially how I ended up staying there. And when I first got there, Beyonce had caught wind that I had moved up there. And, and uh, after some time passed, her assistant reached out to me and was like, hey, you should stop by the studio and just say, hey. B just wants to, you know, just say, hey, welcome to New York, whatever. She was living in New York at the time. 
Uh, what part and, of um, New York were you living in? I was in Best Eye, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I lived on um, Lafayette between Bedford and Nostrum, right off the G train. And um, those who know New York know the G train is super bootleg. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> but you know, anyway, it's a whole nother story. But yeah, I never B, when, when I went, <laughs> oh, you, you, you never took the train to New York? I, I did Bally. the first. The, no, 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 bad experiences. I just, I'm a pussy. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I, I took, I took uh, the train the first time I was in New York. I think that was 2000. Like nine or ten. Okay. After that, I was straight Ubers. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it get expensive. Because oh, so yeah. oh yeah, ex- yeah. see, that's what I'm see, think about the train. See, see my mother knew I got my my train experience. You know, once I started seeing the crazy people on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was like, ah, right, this is this is weird. Like some dude was like screaming at every stop. But isn't it like doesn't it add to like your inspiration a little bit? No, like, it I've does. I've a lot of songs on the you train. You know what? That wait, is- wait, you mean hearing somebody scream? That's my inspiration. I'm saying like, doesn't it feed the energy from that? Like, don't you feed off I that kind of like- the different dynamics? Like, I feel no, you on that because it's <laughs> no. kind of like no. when, when you're when you're on these trains, do you have like headphones? Are you listening to, to like? Yeah, I'm just observing. I think that's cool because just walking around New York, I feel like you're almost like scoring your own movie. Yeah, because you had these headphones. On, it's like you're picking what song you listen to as you like get inspired by no, the no, area walk, around walking you. Walking around, yes. Yeah. Walking around, yes. Because <laughs> you can you can sidestep the crackhead easily. I think you have easily. to be a true New Yorker to exp- to have that perspective on the train. Maybe because I'm on the train. Visiting, I never felt like that. It felt like damn, this is crazy. This mm-hmm. is wild. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, they tune that shit out too. Because yeah. I'm t- I'm tired, right? I'm on the train. I'm tired. I can't go to sleep because right. either my shit gonna get stolen or I'm gonna miss my stop. Exactly. And I will end up somewhere in fucking Long Island. See, that's how you know you gotta be a New Yorker because you can sleep and wake up. You ain't. And miss them stops. Oh, Every shit. time that train slow down, your head be like, oh, nah, All right, next one. Out of there. You know, you just be sleep. Like. The, the worst one I hate when I hop off the train because I thought I got my stop and I'm actually, and you're like, no. look, I hop back on. They're like, look at this like, dumb ass. Right, exactly. Yeah. Then somebody yeah. take your spot. <laughs> you gotta stand up. That's usually what happens though. Yeah. For real, New York is funny. But nah, like going up there, obviously like it's, it's a stark difference from Texas. So like, yeah. I, it definitely made me grow up as a woman, as an adult, like self-confidence wise, like it helped me, you know, uh, really build my confidence up because I've always kind of just been different, you know, style-wise growing up yeah. in Texas and Third Ward in particular. You know, men always ask me, why you don't wear dresses? Or, you know, you you know, they just, it's all these like, these gender rules gender and roles, all this yeah. shit where they feel like you're supposed to fit into this box. And Hillary it's like, Clinton you know, don't wear dresses, so you good. Yeah, I don't know if that's who I'm trying to compare myself to. Uh, I'd rather say something like, you know, like, <laughs> Neil Long don't wear dresses every day or something. But, nah, nah, just, you know, uh, or Michelle uh, Obama don't wear dresses every Janae day. Janae Monet don't wear dresses, right? It's a lot that don't. Yeah, it's a lot. But Not that the, I know of. Yeah. Outside the, of movies. Right, right. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I feel like you can be whoever you are. You could do whatever you want to do. And New York is one of those places like where they embrace that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so it's like um, that helped. And and so anyway, when I when I first went to the studio to see B, she was like, "Yo, I'm I'm really just proud of you for like moving up here on your own, like knowing the the background I come from and where we lived here. Like you know, we came up in a fairly nice neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody in our household, we had different struggles and stuff, like every family does. But we were in decent environments. And mm-hmm. so to sacrifice coming from a healthy comfortable environment to going somewhere where it's a real struggle. She knows, like, I lived a few blocks away from Marcy Project, so she and Jay, they used to spend, like, every Sunday in Brooklyn having pizza and going to see his family and his Mm -hmm. grandma, so, like, she knows, you know, she's lived in New York for a long time, so she knows uh, the neighborhood and the areas, so when when I told her where I live, she's like, damn, like, 
and you take the train, like, you know, knowing, like, we've been dry. I had a license here since I was 15, you know, so mm-hmm. it was a different thing, and, and she just kind of, you know, she's a Virgo. She's very intuitive. She watches everything. You'll never know, but she she peeps everything, and she just kind of had me on her radar. Even back then, I realized it's like she she was peeping out, like, damn, she's doing this on her own. She knows she has access to me, obviously, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and, you know, me and Solange were at the time really like freaking frack. So it's like, you know, she's like, all right, but she's really just up here trying to make it. And so I actually paint too, um, like abstract art and stuff. And I was like standing on the street selling my paintings and like um, in Union Square and, um, you know, Washington Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. And, and so so, so Park. How, many, how many G's you're getting off each painting? I ain't getting no G's. I ain't getting no G's. <laughs> Man. Collectively, yeah. you probably made a G at some point. Yeah, collectively. Like, it's a total. Uh, well, and I did online sales. Like, I was oh, super okay. productive. Like, I had stuff at the time on, on my Instagram. I had a Bandcamp page, and I used the merch uh, area. Ah, Bandcamp, damn. Yeah, I used the merch area in my Bandcamp page to sell my paintings. So oh, I man, sold a couple paintings so familiar. There. And, um, did you use Bandcamp? No, I didn't, but it sounds familiar as hell. I remember yeah. when I had a, I had a beat tape of a few <laughs> years ago, and I, I uploaded it to Bandcamp. I tried to. But I, I don't know what was wrong with me. I wasn't tech savvy then. I had no idea how to get the actual songs on Bandcamp. Oh, it's oh, actually man. still up. It's just there's nothing there, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's fucking so, yeah, Under Greg Giant. was like before SoundCloud. Mm, you know, yeah. um, it never took off like SoundCloud, but it basically did it with SoundCloud. That's like mm-hmm. Black Planet and Facebook. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> right. Or, yeah. Black Planet's yeah. still, it's still up. <laughs> That's crazy. I never had a Black Planet. But, um, that was lit. <laughs> that's another conversation. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I lived in New York, and, and long story short, you know, B just kind of peeped game, and she, you know, after some time went by, a uh, year after I moved there, Solange moved from L.A. to New York, and she and I just, like, back in the same city together, just got really close again. We lived a few subway stops apart in Brooklyn, and um, just with us spending time together, like, it just became, like, an organic thing where I started seeing her sister a lot more, mm-hmm. and, you know, just... Her just casually being able to say, what you been up to or what are you doing? I could show her my art or I could tell her this and she, you know, just knows what I'm doing. So she just peeped that I wasn't working a regular job and that I was hustling and I was able to pay a New York rent some kind of way. So she knew I was doing something up there. That's you know? crazy because, um, like, for us, we'll be so starstruck. But for you, that's that's a regular part of your life. Yeah, you grew yeah. up with that. Yeah, I grew like, up with right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She a human for sure. Uh-huh. Like, you know, um, and I know we, we talked about it earlier, you know, but... At the end of the day, she's one of the most, like, um, you know, influential people in my life in the sense of keeping me grounded because she is who she is, and so many people dehumanize her, and yeah. she's so normal, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, she's so, so, so normal, and that's the blessing in it. Like, I feel like for me, in the social media area, it's like the gift and the curse, like, taking cer- certain cues from her, you know, inadvertently just from being around and seeing how things work, like mm-hmm. not oversharing and not posting records and, you know, before they come out and stuff. That's all things that when you're at that level, you just don't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I'm still considered to be a new artist. So when I'm working on my stuff, you know, it could maybe benefit me to post snippets of my yeah. stuff because that's how you build buzz and uh-huh. make people engage, you know, with you and, and stuff. But I'm kind of trained, you know, accustomed to not doing that and kind of keeping things quiet and keeping that mystery there and controlling your own, your own narrative. So anytime I have something coming up, you'll know because I'm going to strategically start telling you ahead of time and mm-hmm. kind of train your brain to know, like, all right, I'm shifting to do this. But in between... So, 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 why, so why is it that you feel that you don't want to post a lot of stuff on your social media. 
Um, it's not that I don't want to post. It's just that I, the posts have to be cohesive and relevant. Once you get to a certain point, I think as a recording artist mm-hmm. in this time, like there's a certain amount of content that's like standard. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like me being a rapper, like I'm a pre-Instagram rapper, as I've said before. So like I, I'm not used to like minimizing my bars that where I'm used to still doing like 20 bar verses mm-hmm. sometimes. I'm not used to minimizing that into 59 or 60 seconds, you uh-huh. know? So like for me, I'd rather just wait. You know, and and let that, you know, uh, I don't even want to say buzz, but the anticipation build, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying, for people like, what is she working on? So Mm -hmm. when I come with it, you know, because I put so much time and energy into it, when people hear it, they appreciate it even more, you Mm -hmm. know, instead of giving somebody something that I haven't necessarily mastered just to keep up with what's currently the standard. Mm-hmm. So, um, quick question. So you said you're still classified as a new artist. Does that mean you just haven't released a, like a full scale album? Is that yeah. what? Okay. Yeah. I just want to know what, what yeah. the classification was. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, for example, because I haven't like had any mainstream traction, like, you know what I'm saying? Like technically I'm a new artist because mm-hmm. I haven't had any like big marketing campaigns even put behind me. Like I have one, you know, really great music video or whatever, but I haven't had like, you know the, the video is awesome by the way. Just heads thank up. You. I Check haven't it out. had like a, you know, big rollout. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like and that's what when you get signed to a record label as a new artist, you know what I'm saying, when you've never had a major record deal before, you aren't not a new artist until after you drop your first album. Wait, you know so, what what, so what's the music video? Was it Oh, for my I dropped an EP two years ago called mm-hmm. Um Trill Fills and um there's a that's single so, on there. That's so Houston right there, baby. It's, yeah. It's very good, too. Um, thanks. And there's, there's a, a a song on there called Flex. That was my single featuring Seven Streeter. And we did a video for it that we shot here in Third Ward, in the hood where I live and where I grew up. And um, it was really dope because uh, Greg and I, we were talking about this earlier, but, but uh, you know, <laughs> Beyonce helped, um, helped co-direct it kind of quietly, you know, mm-hmm. and, but she was super involved, like down to like helping me pick the outfits and what the hairstyle should look like. Like there was someone who was texting her pictures, like, you know, and getting, we were getting approval for everything. And she ever text like trash? <laughs> Not, but she, like was- she don't talk like that, but she, she definitely texts like, you know, she'll let you know if something's not good. You know, um, she's very assertive, but you know, you don't get to that level of perfection and not being a perfectionist yep. and being direct about what you want and True. what you like. Mm-hmm. Throw so, up emoji. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so who, who directed that? Cause I know that uh, Beyonce's team, like when it goes, when it comes to visuals, like they're always on top of their shit. Yeah. So is it the same team that normally works on her videos that that worked with you or was well, it somebody kind of outside that pocket? Well, yes and no. Quasi is a creative director for B and for, mm-hmm. for the label, but he, he was a creative director for the video. So he hired the director who was Kevin Calero, who's from Canada. Mm-hmm. But he like, so he found the director and then, mm-hmm. um, the guy that like shot everything, um, his name was Todd Martin. I, I mean, did I make, mess up his last name? I don't think so. His name is Todd though, for sure. And he also is somebody who Kevin worked with before. But like I said, B really like the treatment and everything. Like there was some specific things that happened in the Flex video. Like I ate crawfish in the strip club. And by the way, that was my first time ever being in a strip club in Wait, my you life. Ate, really? Stri- you ate crawfish in a strip club. We had a caterer bring us crawfish, and they some of them were live, some of them were cooked. But for effect, mm-hmm. I was. 
picking up and holding live crawfish just for the shot. Uh-huh. And, like and then playing cutting with them. to... Uh-huh. And then cutting to, like, me actually eating crawfish yeah. with real strippers who we hired who really work in those clubs at mm-hmm. night. But we rented the club during the day. Mm-hmm. And we paid hairdressers and makeup artists to do their hairs. The theme of the video was BAPS because mm-hmm. I have a line mm-hmm. in the song where in Flex where I say, um, I'm on some ghetto fancy shit. I feel like I'm in BAPS. Mm-hmm. So we had the strippers have like BAPS inspired hairstyles and everything. And, well, what, what, and um, were, you, were you like tossing ones and shit? Actually, yes. And With they crawfish were real fingers. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Ones. Like crawfish fingers. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure strippers don't care about And I had a white pants on. And yeah. white pants? Yep. Damn, you, yeah, you, you guys have to watch this video. It's fucking awesome, especially if you're from Houston, because you, normally in Houston we don't get uh, visuals that are produced like to this level at all. Yeah. Um, it's usually like kind of low budget or, or or videos that are probably shot for free, like uh, like a, as a homeboy favor or whatever. But yeah, I'm no, t- this I'm was definitely you, high budget. The, 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 the <laughs> videos being fr- be, be in front of the house on the street. Yeah, it'd be a bunch of people. What somebody on Walmart parking lot doing my, dab dances. We, we went on top of my um my grandmother's house where my dad lives now. Where we're on top of the carport, there's a shot where you can where seven and I are sitting up there, and I'm up there, whatever, rapping like looking down on top of it. You could tell it's a carport, but that's actually I was just there right before I came here. It's mm-hmm. my dad's crib. Mm-hmm. So I did shoot in the hood. It's just, you know, it's about how you shoot it. Yeah. We had real equipment and, like, you know, the real, like, we had to get permits and mm-hmm. stuff. Did, um, did you have that, what is the the typical young boy with no shirt just looking in the camera? No, nah, we, we kind of had that. Yeah, but somewhat. But he didn't have no shirt. Yeah, like white beater or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we, and we just found kids in the neighborhood to, who, to this day, some of them have grown up a little bit more now, and they see me, and they're like, yo, I was in your video. That's tight. Oh, that's <laughs> we, we definitely have to link to that video in the show notes because uh, I think everybody needs to watch that shit. Yeah, that's well, very I, good. I, I haven't seen it, so I definitely need to watch it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, sure. Like well, what I was going to say is dope, but I like when you said, no, you, you moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you're out there hustling. You didn't even tell... Um, Beyonce or Solange, you didn't tell any of them that you were out there. You just yeah. kind of grinded yourself. Right. And the fact that they actually found out about it and they appreciated it more yeah, yeah. that you're on your own. Like, I don't think a lot of people do that. A lot of people expect them to get handouts because of the connections they have. Right, right. Nah, like, for me, just, just when you grow up around someone like that and you know them before and after, I guess, per se, and I'm talking about fame and success and all mm-hmm. of that and, and a, a, a lot of money, um... You know, like I, I look, I've always looked at them like humans, and I've always respect their work at work ethic first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like at the end of the day, I know it's embedded in me because I saw the work, I've seen the pain, the sacrifices, and, and the countless hours and and you know focus and energy put into them being successful, all mm-hmm. of them. And so um, when you see that, and you're a respectable human, you know what I'm saying? There's no way you can feel like you know that's mine or I, I'm entitled to a part of that in any way. Actually, yeah. you kind of feel quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like, damn, this is inspiring. If mm-hmm. they can do this and I'm I'm one degree of separation away from them, I could definitely do it. Mm-hmm. But what's making me not be able to put in the same amount of work they put in, if not more, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it's just like this new Meek album is incredible. It's a sidebar, but like you say on one of his records, rule number one, you know, never, you know, Count your, your homies' pockets, thinking you deserve it. That's mm-hmm. a real bar. It's a real yeah. life fact. It's a real life rule. It's a mantra. It should be a part of like the forty-eight laws of power and all that shit. Because mm-hmm. so many people do that and they burn relationships off of just a sense of entitlement. Yeah. When it's so easy for for artists and and just people who are successful in general, even visual artists mm-hmm. and photographers and anybody who is leveling up in any way. Once you get to a certain bar, a certain market, I'm sure y'all understand this and can relate. Like, and you know, people 
start expecting different things, mm-hmm. but it's so much easier for you not to feel guilty about being like, man, I don't owe nobody nothing. Yeah. Because you still, in the moment, once you reach success and you start making that money, you have to maintain it. So you're mm-hmm. still working harder than ever. Mm-hmm. And you have a, the memory of all the stuff you went through prior yeah. to getting to that point and you don't have the time at this point to sit there and explain to anyone yo I had to do X, Y, and Z, and it should be obvious at that point. And so, you know, it, it becomes much easier to just cut people off, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. that's why people say, oh, that nigga changed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, nah, uh-huh. nobody changed. He, he evolved. He may have leveled up or she leveled up. But, but what's wrong with change? Yeah, like, people change. Growth. You have change to change. Is, is growth. Yeah, you, you know, can, you it's can. not a negative thing. Um, you know, so... So, yeah, so it's like one of those things where that same rule applies to myself. You know, it goes for everybody because I want to be able to reach a huge level of success one day. And I don't want anyone around me ever feeling like they can just come up on me, especially I've struggled for a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. with various things. And so, like, people can't take that for granted or or hold that in vain in any way because it's offensive at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not how you get doors open for you. You know what I'm saying? So for them, it's like, all right, B is like one of the most powerful people in the music business. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Period. So, Mm -hmm. like, I am definitely not trying to make her feel like I don't feel like I got to work and she knows like mm-hmm. I know better, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to earn her respect. And that makes know? her want to work with you even more because yeah. she knows you're really put, putting that work yeah, out there. I don't mm-hmm. even see her like that or talk to her like that, to be clear. Like I could reach out to her if I, if I needed to, you know, I don't even say if I felt like it. if I need to reach out to be, I can, but I don't even abuse that now with her yeah. being my manager because like I talk to her when I have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. When I make a really fire record and I know she going to be excited to hit a song, I send it to her. If you it's know bullshit, do you think she'll respond to you? Oh yeah, she has, but, okay. but it's like, she also knows that I know like when now she know if I email her, it's going to be some You know what I'm saying? So, like, I honor that. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Because that's how the Flex video and everything manifested. Like, you know, I really wasn't getting a lot of traction like that, you know, just in general. And I I came up with that record, and I was really excited about it, and I followed my gut instinct, and I sent it to her, and she immediately hit me back and was like, this is a hit. Like, we got to shoot a visual for this. And then she made it her business to make sure... All That's of that fire. stuff got Damn. done, you know, and That's she's tight. like, yo, I'm going to put up some of my money with your regular artist budget that we have structured from the label. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to put some personal money up with this to make sure it's right. I feel you know? like her money sparkles. Uh. <laughs> Nah, nah. How many? Again, that's me being starstruck. Now, B, it's it's so funny because um, you know, like these some of the most like chill people in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, it's that that's one thing I've learned from like from knowing um B and J. It's just like you make a choice about how much attention you want to draw to yourself yeah. and how much about your life you want to reveal to people. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you see any artist out here that's overexposed or doing anything that backfires on them, it's yeah. a choice because once you reach a certain level, you can make the decisions and hire the people to make sure your life is pretty seamless and peaceful. Like so, like Kevin Hart. Yeah, I won't say Kevin Hart in particular, but... I'm talking about the whole Oscars... Yeah, that's a great example because, you know, um, basically in in his case, a a relevant thing to say about that would be the fact that, like, I think that he could easily have gotten his old tweets archived if he was conscious and thinking proactively and just say, yo, let me reach out to somebody at Twitter and say, let me just archive all my shit because probably some years ago I was a little bit more unfiltered than I am now. He's leveled up. But but do you think someone's already screenshotted those and it's already too late? Nah, Nah, I don't think so. I feel like it was a choice to leave it up because... 
everybody's getting quote unquote, you know, cancel culture is like such a prevalent thing now, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say. If you say some something that's even just borderline edgelord type uh, offensive, people are going to get mad at it. Yeah. So knowing this, knowing that the, how quickly this information shares, there's no way in hell that he didn't know that he had something that was Potentially, Potentially exactly. Well, yeah, and, and I use a Twitter thing to say, so it's not like a random comment because we did have a previous conversation. So just to be clear, like for me, my thought process when I saw that was like shit. When I sat with Parkwood when I first signed, I told him the first thing I told like the digital person was like, "Hey, I got some tweets that may be like inappropriate or people might try to dig up on me, and I don't want none of that shit backfiring in yeah. my face." So uh-huh. can y'all please contact somebody and whoever got me verified or whoever? Can y'all ask them? Can they like and they like what year do you want to archive back? And I <laughs> all, said, of them. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 2012 and back, or you know, because that's basically before I, I didn't start working under B into 20. 12 and uh-huh. so I was like t- everything pre-2012 like I know I used to rant and say crazy shit man and, treat that shit like a public journal yeah <laughs> man and so like and, and you know who knows how that really went I'm just being really transparent and honest mm-hmm. right now about that because it, it could still something could come back to backfire on me mm-hmm. but yeah. my point is that I'm conscious about it but to go a step further you know like Kevin Hart is not a politician. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And to go even a step further from that, look at who the biggest politician True. is right now who True. can't even smell smoking. He spells it smocking. Like, yeah. tweets all this obnoxious stuff all day, and it's like we have one of the most ignorant humans walking this earth leading, leading the so-called free world. So how do we hold a comedian and an actor to a higher standard than we do the president that of the United a- States? <laughs> That's a good point. I feel like that should be obvious, right? <laughs> it should be. Like people go on all these tangents and debates about yeah. shit, and it's like, bro, it's like, like, but we still have this, this guy. Like, said, grab him by the P-U-S-S-Y. No real repercussions. Before he was elected, <laughs> before. and people was cool with that. And so oh, it's like, man. you know, Thanks, and he's not a comedian. He's an entrepreneur. He's, he's a mogul. He has a joke, though. He's kingpin. He is a joke. <laughs> he is a joke. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Touche. So I would say... So the first time I met you mm-hmm. was Greg was holding this influencers event. You know, that's the day I felt like I became an influencer because Greg was like, hey, you know, you want to come to this free dinner? You want to come to this free dinner? I was like, oh, hey, shit, fuck it. Yeah. And dinner was off the chain, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Lit. First yeah. time I had I an old-fashioned <laughs> uh, made with cognac. Same. Jesus Christ, that was amazing. Yeah. Slim was like, hey, what they call this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so that's the first time I actually met you, but the first time I actually knew of you was at the On The Run Tour. Word. The, um, on The Run Tour, where you opened up for it. Yeah. And so I want to say that by, like, that's a big-ass fucking crowd. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, massive. Like, you don't get nervous or... Nah. Like, I think it's more like about, um, you know, just connecting with the crowd. Like, I feel like some people are born to perform, and um, I definitely feel like I'm one of those That's chosen a bar right there. people. Write that down. Yeah, born like, to perform. Yeah, for sure. Like, I just, you know, and so, like, basically, anytime it's time for me to perform, it's like a high for me. Like, I, I visualize my performance beforehand, and as long as I can have that rehearsal in my mind, I pretty much know, like, how it's going to go. Um, one of the biggest things is like taking the biggest stage and making it feel small, making it feel yeah. intimate, making uh-huh. people feel like they're right there with you and you're right there with them and looking people dead in their eye and pointing at people and even going as far as sometimes on the ad lib to say like, I see you in the white shirt with the green, right? You know, I, you know, I, really, you know? I wanted to know this thing, right? So is that, are you really pointing something, somebody out or are yeah. you just, oh, that's okay. Cause no, I didn't know. I got that from Hove. I, I, I was about to say Jay does, I said, like, how does he see that yeah. shit? No, I, you literally see it. You just have good vision. That's 
last time. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, th- I thought someone was like an airpiece, like, now say this person in the polo shirt. Or, no. or somebody just making something no. out, like, you and all black was good. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's us letting people know, like, for real, for real. Like, from up there, you'd be surprised how vivid faces are. And I actually have terrible vision. I wear glasses. Um, but Do you wear contacts? Me too. No, I don't believe in contacts. Oh, so you can see people. Me too. I'm a creep. We're the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my glasses, I drive with them. I do what I got to do. But when I'm on stage, That's... for I can make out. My glasses are my car. Yeah, mine are right there. So as you get in. Um, but yeah, so like I be really like sometimes looking all the way up. Like people be spazzing sometimes though. So like you can, you know, quickly see someone and identify them and say, yeah, I see you in the gold shirt up there. And they That's know. That's crazy. Like, you know. Because cause, cause I'll go, because when you go to a uh, Jay-Z concert, he literally does that. I'm like, how'd you spot this dude from oh, way nah, back? He see you. Yeah. Because I usually hear it's, it's really dark in the back, so mm-hmm. you can't even see those people. Nah, you can see. And the way they have the lighting done, too, from the stage, it looks different than the way it looks from the audience. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. crowd is uh-huh. always lit differently. Um, um, I remember yeah. I saw a post. You know Ben, right? Ben yeah, versus of Real. Yeah, that's the homie. He shot me one time. Yeah, I saw that. I was yeah. tight. Oh, in yeah. Houston, right? For in the that train. same show. Yeah. Yeah, we got a bunch of footage. Ben, where the footage at? <laughs> I'm gonna afford this to him. <laughs> but uh, I remember there was a there was like a, speaking to your point about connecting with people in the audience. I remember there's a clip where uh, Jay Z was like there was some fans freaking out. They had yeah. like either a shirt or a tattoo, I mm-hmm. think maybe. Mm-hmm. And they they were screaming to get his attention, and Jay Z just he pointed directly at them. And he yeah. had Ben get on stage and like record that yeah. that clip. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, like uh-huh. it's it's crazy. I got goosebumps when you said that because it's, that's really how it happens. And like just that energy alone, like when you anticipate that, and when you're blessed enough to have an audience like Beyonce and Jay bring out, you know, the energy of course is just crazy. And so for me, my thought process is always like, shit, these people ain't come here to see me, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I treat I treat the crowd like I'm coming to be like a hype man. Mm-hmm. And um, I always always make sure I just like come with the right energy and again like I'm making that eye contact if something goes wrong and wasn't planned I crack a joke on myself so that they know mm-hmm. like I you know she's not taking herself too serious and because anytime mm-hmm. you go up there trying too hard they'll like they start know. talking yeah. louder you know energy just transcends like yeah, that's, that yeah, absolutely so, true. so um, you gotta kind of just have that confidence and, and know like I got this and um and that's kind of how it's been like I think the biggest crowd I played um opening for B during the On the Run tour um, was at the Cowboys Stadium. It was like 50,000 people hey, there. Hey, town and, um, I'm from Dallas. I'm from Dallas, by the way, if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, it was so Ingrid just rolled her eyes. See the Cowboys. right along. That's what you said. I was like, damn, you talking about that. What's up, baby? You know, Cowboys wow. Stadium, it's, it's, it's just a giant ashtray. It's yeah. not. Um, it's way better than Texas Stadium. The stadium Energy Stadium. It's is called NRG. It's called NRG. <laughs> Y'all funny. <laughs> hey, no hate jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. That was a hate joke. No, no. <laughs> I'm taking that all out. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Um, have you ever had any, like, fuck-ups on stage? Like yeah. a slip-up or? Yeah, I fell. I literally had a slip-up. I busted my ass. Um, I fell down the steps on stage. Jesus and I just Christ. sprung right up really quickly, and I, like, cracked a joke about it, and the crowd cheered for Perfect me. Way. They didn't boo. Probably and, way to um, handle that. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, all right, cool. And I, for some reason, I just picture Willy Wonka. What? You know, you the mean? beginning when he's coming to the gate and he falls, but he does a little, the little roll, the little roll to pop back I up. Do no I'm roll. not gonna lie, don't remember the movie. Really? I know what part you're talking about. I probably about. watched Willy Wonka once in my life. I think I seen it like five times. Don't remember. As a kid, though. <laughs> So, um, Greg's an embarrassment. I, know, I was watching Coming to America. <laughs> Yo, by the way, I watched that like. By the way, I watched that three times a week now. What, Coming to America or Willy Wonka? 
Coming to America. That's like my f- fucking. It's my favorite movie of all Samuel time. Samuel Jackson, the McDowell's. It's too much. I, my little cousins think I'm so whack because like I'd be like, "Yo, let's come come smoke one with me and watch a movie." They're like, "What are we watching?" I'm like, "Coming to America." <laughs> Coming they're like, to they're America. Like, so now like nobody hangs out with me anymore because that's all I watch in my house. But. My wife, my wife told me she hadn't seen that. I, I corrected that that day. I was like, "What? No, you gotta watch this." You know oh, what's wow. crazy? It's a great movie. I don't watch it as much because the accents aren't really what they should be. Of course, be. every yeah, Nigerian like person kinda, I know tells me that. But the Black but, Panther, the same I thing. I couldn't watch Black Black Panther. Their accents were beyond. Whoa, 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 some whoa. of the, some of the. No, I love I the movie. Into, I didn't get into it. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought uh, Angela Bass's accent was great. I, I thought, thought, uh, I, thought I, I thought I thought the only accent everybody had a problem with was Forrest Whitaker. No, he, he was by far the worst. But Blick. But what's his name? Chadwick Boseman. His accent is kind of. It's like a little too. I am going to pause between every single syllable. <laughs> no, he's a right. king. That's how kings talk. No, they don't. You I'm sure? a king. I'm a black king. I don't talk like that. You're a king. You don't talk like that. So we're all black kings. Beyonce is a king. She doesn't talk like that. <laughs> she is a king. <laughs> she is a king. <laughs> She's like true. But, but speaking of so so has um uh, rude. B giving you yeah. She, we're trying to ask her questions. She's I like, cancel my session. We got another uh, session later, so I'm like, okay, cool, we yeah. can cancel. She's texting Sorry. like, she's That's texting like, good. I can't wait to leave. I'm this going to eat after this. Show. I'm, I'm getting, myself. I'm getting a ramen right after this. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm getting a nice, good salad. I we're, we're all, everywhere. We're all eating galote after. <laughs> 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 That's <laughs> funny. That's what I do. Intro, introverts. <laughs> so, so with her being like, you know. Super experienced, like going on tour and all all these places and stuff like that. Like, what pointers has she given you? Um, you know, honestly, it's been a lot of like, you know, nonverbal pointers. It's more so just like giving me the stern access. looks. Nah, I'm just saying like giving me the access to like just see how she moves to mm, know like, uh, what to do and what not to do. Um, but more specifically, like in the studio, she's giving me like very direct, you know, direction on writing and you know what works and what's too cliche, what sounds basic, what sounds predictable. So kind of like, I kind of have like her voice embedded in my head a little bit when I write songs now because I've written like or pitched to her like, you know, 40 to 50 songs where she's actually giving me feedback mm-hmm. and told me like, nah, this is great. This is not, you know, that great because like, and, and she's very detailed um, because she's a perfectionist herself and, and she's super meticulous with her work and she pays attention to everything um, that that she does, you know, Um which is why you, you see the results you see through her work from the stage performances mm-hmm. to the, you know, film projects and the way her photos are shot, even the way her Instagram photos are posted. Like, everything is is very planned out properly, um, and it, it matches what she wants all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so, like, the biggest, you know, I think piece of advice that I've gotten from her is to be true to myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, because she's known me personally for years, it's a blessing for me because I don't have to deal with the typical labels where they're like trying to give me an identity. Yeah, she knows me. Bullshit. So she's like, yo, there are a lot of women out there like you, you know, so you, there's a void to be filled for like the normal kind of tomboy chicks who are just cool, mm-hmm. like, but who have traditional values or whatever. But like, like I said, I don't hang out in the strip club, but we kind of live in a culture now where like, that's the norm and standard. If you're cool or if you're a rapper and you're in the industry, you just go to the strip club like you could have literal literally no interest in that but that's just the standard of like what you do it's like the after hours now Mm -hmm. but like 
I'm so traditional and old school. Like, that's just not my vibe. So I go home. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I, I go to sleep in a yeah. strip club. Like, I've never even <laughs> been in a strip club at night. Like mm-hmm. I said, like, oh, you know, yeah. so like literally, like I've never done it. Like, because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand the psyche behind it. If I want to like sponsor a stripper, I'll just sponsor one like with a GoFundMe or something. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go like make it rain. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of degrading. That's a whole nother thing. I'm pretty traditional in that sense. Yeah. You, you, so, you just go and just put the money on the stage and just, like, hey, yeah, this is this I is could just drop the money in the basket at St. John's on Sunday. You know? Ooh, um, you know, damn. Um, damn. Um, All right. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I'm going to just place it politely. Damn. You know? If I ain't going to adapt to culture, I'm going to do it, you know, the other way. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, that's that's really how I feel about it. And I ain't judging nobody because I got some stripper homies. It's, you know, I think mm-hmm. get it how you live. But mm-hmm. that's just not what I do. Yeah. It's just not a reflection of my of what I prefer. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't have a lot of people who take a stance on just what they want and what they believe in. Like, mm-hmm. I like men. I like alpha males. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm not going to change myself to fit to the standard to, like, attract the men that I feel like I need mm-hmm. to, if that makes sense. So I've been single for years because I feel like the guys I like go for, like, your stereotypical standard of a woman now mm-hmm. who's really not a real woman, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And like It's like a clone of another woman. Yeah, yeah. Sorry and to it's say, like but... I go to the gym every day. Like, my body is real, you feel mm-hmm. me? So it's like I don't have a reason to become a caricature of myself. Yo, like, I tell you, that's, um, that's one thing I don't like. I don't like the whole chopping off the side of your body mm-hmm. to get this weird fucking hourglass shape. It's really weird. Yeah. And then taking all that fat you chopped off and injecting it in other parts Elsewhere. of your body. Yeah. yeah. It looks, it looks, that looks so yeah. weird. I ain't it, doing no body shaming, you know. I, yeah, I'm not at all. With that, but, I, you know, because I have friends who, who've done, you know, different things and, and non-famous friends, really. Yeah, um, whatever makes you comfortable. But, yeah, but I'm just saying for me personally, like, that's the stance I'm taking. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the every pretty much female rapper, as the terminology goes, out there now has done something, you know, to their bodies, something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I ain't, I, hopefully I could be the first one since Lauren, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. that really, really blows up on the mainstream level that didn't have to do that. Keep you it know? Natty. The, um, the fact you said that, like, in a sense, a lot of these women, they, they wear masks, right? And Trina, you know, not talking bad about Trina, but it's interesting that Trina, you know, she's a very sexual rapper. Mm-hmm. She's talking about sexual. Yeah. But I, she was on a podcast. I think she was on Lip Service. Yeah. And they were asking, like, these these freaky questions. She was like, yeah. I never did that. I never right. did that. Oh, you're really? crazy. Yeah. I, they're asking, she's a, I think she's a Sag, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. But uh, they, they're asking these questions. She was like, oh, y'all did that? And I was like, damn, Trina, you're supposed to be, like, the freak guy. Like, what is this? Yeah. And she's like, oh, y'all nasty. Y'all. That's a persona. Like, that wasn't real. She's yeah, like, it wasn't was real. Was writing those songs? <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's that's the thing. I mean, you know, like commercialism and all that stuff is a is a real thing and like um like I said, I'm just I had to let people know I'm I make music, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I'm not music. You mm-hmm. feel me? You can't put me on the show. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm the person that makes the product. I'm not the product. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and so like Bars. once you like you you're know, a writer for real, um, yeah, like once you <laughs> separate, <laughs> you know, you gotta separate the two. You feel me, so that you don't get lost and and you know you could end up on the shelf like that. You feel me? I feel uh-huh. like I can't be on the shelf or shelved for that matter because I'm a human. Mm-hmm. If you know, I'm not no standing mannequin, so you can't shelve me if I don't if I don't you know. If a situation doesn't work out with my label, then that means that a situation didn't work out with my label Uh and I'm going to move around and make the conscious decision not to move forward if that's what's going to happen. But it's never going to be a situation where I feel like, oh, a person took me 
and they shelved me or they did anything because I'm the human behind everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm making the decisions about what products I'm pushing out and how I'm going to promote it and all of that stuff. And and I think that's important. It's important to get with people who support that, you know? Mm. And that's why, like, artist-friendly labels are, are great because yeah. um they've been in the position before, so they kind of give you more room. You know, when you've had a background as an artist and you've been put through these standards, these industry standards, and you've had to deal with it, once you get to a certain point you have your own label and your own artist, you know, hopefully, you know, you get them that freedom to not have to deal with some of the things you dealt with. So It's funny that artist-friendly label has to be specified, you know, because yeah. they usually aren't looking out for the uh, interest of the artist. It's all about the corporate the greed and yeah, yeah, how much money nah, they can gain. It's, it's, it's a real thing, you know. Um, I, I'll say that, like, it's a balance to everything, but I will say that Parkwood is an artist-friendly label. That's um, I've never felt pressured to put out anything for a deadline or to make a quick buck. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, you, you told me that when I asked you about, like, Jay Electronica. I was like, why does he not drop the album or any stuff yeah. like that? Because I was very unaware of it because I, yeah. I kept waiting for it. Because he's married to a billionaire. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that, that changed? They were never married. Oh, okay. I don't even think they're together Wait, anymore. Wait, to who? Oh, Wait, who's, he, who's he with? So, He's talking about his old manager, the Rothschild chick. He was dating a Rothschild. But, I didn't know that. But, oh, I, thought, that's, I thought he was like, okay, I'm comfortable now. Well, I don't really look, look at Greg throwing salt. Not everyone really believes that. Because I was like, why hasn't he dropped music? It's like pissing me off. He just doesn't have to. Like, at the end of the day, like, when you have a label that supports you, you know, and, and, and when you are the brand again, like, and when you control your brand, like, Jay... When he feels like it, he does pop-up shows, and, and he what? gets way more money for shows, I'm sure, than the average Joe just because of the demand for him. <laughs> and he, he can perform his ass off, too. Yeah. He performed at Governor's Ball this year. Exactly. They had, to shut it, they had to shut it down because he went down He went down to the middle of the crowd, and everybody everybody from the other shows were just, like, congregating at that one specific spot. So I had to shut it down because they were, like, causing an issue with the other performances. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing. And then he did South by Southwest the year before that. He did the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So he's an icon, like, and, and and his label supports that. You know what I'm saying? They know, like, the value in J-Elect, the human. Mm-hmm. No matter what he touches, is going to be dope because he's so brilliant. And so it's like, even in his choice in Baby Mama, like, he got a kid with Erica Badu. Like, he's a legend. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, what? Didn't even know that. Wait, what? I got to take off my headphones for that one. He only has one kid, and his kid, his his baby mom's just Erica Badu, and that's like one of his best Ah, friends. Wait, he has a kid by Erica Badu? Yeah, he has one kid, and his his with Erica Badu. That's crazy. His daughter's beautiful. Wow. This guy's a legend. Like, you think, like, he's an icon. Like, he don't got to drop an album. Like, his his life is an album. Um, (laughs) Damn. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. So like when you got when you have other people who recognize that in you who are willing to support you and invest in you and they say do it when you're ready. Of course, everyone wants Jay Elect to drop an album. You know, it's funny. Um, this, everything we're talking about right now sounds like Exhibit C. <laughs> 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 the That's funny. Uh, yeah, but, but when you you know you have everybody who wants you to do that, but also when they respect you as a human first, that's not the yeah. focal point. You know. Yeah. True. That's a really good point. Yeah. Man. I, yeah. Damn, Eric Badu. I can't get off that. I, I, I would have never thought. Not I, mean, I. I just never heard anything about it. I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't done for like you know publicity, and they were in a not, real yeah. relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, when Twitter first emerged, they were both on Twitter together or whatever, and they were very active on there. I remember those drunk tweets he sent to her. <laughs> and um, me like Solange is really active at the time. We all like used to talk to each other on Twitter quite a bit, and um. Then Twitter just got, everybody kind of got on Twitter because yeah. Quest was mm-hmm. on there. He kind of kicked it off, Quest Love. And it was like a lot of particular artists who were using it. And then other people started realizing, oh, these are real people doing using mm-hmm. this shit. And then it just got oversaturated like within a year. And then a lot of people got off of it. But 
during that era, like circa 08, 09, he and Erica were in a full-fledged relationship and, you know, they had their kids shortly after and, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they went through a breakup and, like, now they're close again. Like, mm-hmm. they, they post each other on social media and all that, but, you know... Um, I think it's kind of cool, though, like, when, like, you can talk to each other even though you're seen as, you know, the celebrity or this this big figure, but you can still talk to each other on social media like a regular person. Exactly. And I, I think other people love seeing that, too. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, that's what was so inspiring about their relationship because I don't know, you know, I know I, I know Jay Elect fairly well now, but mm-hmm. I don't know him like that, and I don't yeah. talk to him about his personal life or anything like that. All the stuff I'm talking about is just stuff that was on blogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I read, you know, I'm, I'm a woman. I read those, yeah. you know, blogs and shit. I have but, too. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, so at the end of the day, that's kind of how I'm privy to, like, what a lot of stuff is going on with, like, people in their personal lives. That's how I learn about it. I'll read blogs, and then sometimes I'm lucky enough, you know, to encounter people in real life and corroborate, like, oh, mm-hmm. that's really going on, or that's not the truth, or, you know. So, you know, but yeah, Jay Alec is cool, and he's a family guy, and he's really from New Orleans, and he's really, really smart, and he he's 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 brilliant. So, and he has, like... Several albums finished. It's oh, really? a matter of, oh yeah, it's not a matter of him not like having music. Like people suspect, all, it's all these conspiracy theories. Like he's been finished with an album, or mm-hmm. pl- many albums, timeless ones. Mm-hmm. So it's um, he could wake up tomorrow and just be like, all right, I'm ready, you know. And he has the team behind him to make sure that's going, you know, pop. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you think? Because I know, and it, so just for full clarity, we re-recorded. The, the initial podcast because I forgot to hit the record button. Yeah, so we, we repeat ourselves. We, we, we recorded for about a good two hours. Yeah. So feeling pretty stupid, but um, I know um, like a large part of creatives not releasing stuff or, or being hesitant to do that is because it comes with anxiety. And previously we'd sp- we spoke a little bit about anxiety and how yeah. it plays into our day-to-day as creatives. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about how you get over the hump of uh, anxiety because I know that can be um, quite the... Um, pretty much plays a pessimist in your life because it kind of uh, hinders you from doing things that you would normally excel at. Oh, of course. Because yeah. um, I, I just, uh, for an example, I remember uh, last year, is it last year or the beginning of, last year, uh, of this year? Mm-hmm. Graves was this year, right? Yeah, of course, it's every yeah. year. <laughs> so yeah. the, the beginning of the year, I had a, a panel um, where I had to speak to... Um, like CEOs and executives and marketing uh, directors um, uh, for at Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a panel with like three other very talented photographers, but I had never been on a panel like that before, right. or just in general at right. all. And it was it was probably one of the biggest ones in my life because it's like you're kind of trying to sell something to these individuals. Yeah. And they brought me on kind of last minute, and um, it was it was kind of it was it was hard to do because I didn't know I didn't. I honestly didn't know what the fuck I was going to talk about right. at all. I didn't know what kind of questions were going to be asked. So, right. like, leading up to, I couldn't I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't yeah. do anything except think about... Well, had the bubble guts? Nah, that, <laughs> that doesn't happen when I get nervous. Oh, okay. Oh, God. This guy. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, uh, but when it came down to it, I mean, I had a few drinks before, and it was all good. Yeah. So, th- I, I kind of had to take up advice to kind of help me deal with anxiety. I'm not saying that's the way you should go about it, but in that right. specific instance, it kind of helped. Right. What What do you normally uh, use as a way to uh, right. handle your 
anxiety. Marijuana. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, I definitely smoke a J. Um, she was waiting to ask that, too. <laughs> yeah. She's like, stop talking you, so I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, I'm definitely, I, I smoke a little weed. But, you know, as we said before, as I was telling you earlier, before we was even fake recording, I was just telling you kind of off record. Like, I was kind of telling you how I had just recently given up hard liquor because, um, you know, I work out every day and, and I work out honestly as a result, you know, really talking to my doctor partially, um, you know, about curbing my anxiety. And I'm not really a big person that's into like taking medicine like that. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, cool. Like, you know, my, my doctor was like, you can run, you can take these, this medicine, you can run, you can do yoga, you can try this. And I'm like, all right, I ain't doing yoga. I ain't, yeah, you know. Hey, yoga hard as fuck. I tried it once and I was just like, I didn't like it. Not your so, thing. Yeah, so yoga I'm like. Hard. Hard, so like, hard like good or hard like difficult? I remember the first time I tried yoga was maybe like, maybe like a year and a half, two years ago, almost threw up. Yeah. It's, really? Yeah. Damn. It didn't, it didn't do me bad because I had been running when I tried it for the first time. So my wind and stuff was good. It just was awkward. Like mm-hmm. I ain't like. I'm just... Were you sore afterwards? I was sore for like three days. But I I run and stretch every day. So my body was in good shape. But like I just... The whole process and like the quiet and all... You know, I got... Like when I run, I'm going hard. Like Mm -hmm. when I start feeling tired, I go harder, you know. And that's burning my anxiety. And and Mm -hmm. afterwards, I feel like so good and high, you know, without having to necessarily like smoke or do anything afterwards. And so like... um, So anyway, I started running, one, to curb my anxiety. I run every day during the week. And then I, I still, I realized, damn, I'm running, but I'm still, like, drinking too much. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, during the week, I'm going to quit drinking or whatever. Because I was just, like, running, working out. And I'm like, all right, cool, when's happy hour? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and drinking, and I realized it's not really productive. And, yeah. Um, and so I started only drinking on the weekends. And then, like, now my Sunday fun days have been so crazy. I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to just give up hard liquor because it's just no... In, in my field and what we all do, just being creative, you know, we have non-traditional settings where we get to work all the time. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, there's never like a rule that you can't drink. You just <laughs> know you can't go too hard where you can't do what you came to exactly. do, you know? Um, and so like when I was touring and stuff, I used to have like a scotch on the rocks or whatever. Like that was like my standard thing. One scotch on the rocks before Same. I would go on stage, warm up my vocal, warm up my vocal cords or whatever and kind of get me going. But, um... I always got to smoke a little something. Like, I can't think of the last show I've done probably in a decade without smoking, but mm-hmm. I literally only started smoking a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't smoke <laughs> weed till I was 21, and I'm 31 now. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. Shit, that sounds like yeah. me. Yeah, but I haven't. I started and I didn't stop, you know. Thanks, but no, first time I got high was in college. I Same. was. Lit. I remember that. I remember that too. That's funny as hell. Wait, I remember the story, but I don't remember the actual moment. That's funny as hell. But I, say. Me- I remember the second time I ever got high in college. Our frat brother, we smoked in his apartment. Mm-hmm. He had to literally like hold me while I was walking stuck. down the stairs, oh. drive me to my place, mm-hmm. and then put me in my bed. Out of there. And then I woke up and I was still high. Yeah. That yeah. was. My first time was definitely, you know, Brian or Rigbo. The same per- that's the same person. He's like the uh, fraternity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the gateway, the gateway man. What is he doing now in life? Selling houses. Oh, no. he's yeah, doing, okay, he's, he's doing, doing very well. well. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> he's not no, a drug dealer. No, 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 so he's a drug dealer. Always turn out the best though. It's same. always the people they influence who be like, <laughs> like messed up. That's true. But, um, true. But no, but like, so yeah, so I forgot what I was saying. I missed. Whatever. I um, You're I'll talking see. about um, 
how that, you work the anxiety, out. Anxiety, 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 my yeah. bad. So anyway, I like, I yeah, like I, I smoked a little before I started talking again. So um, <laughs> but yeah, so so the anxiety, like I, the working out, has really helped me because I realized like at, at a certain point I'd be smoking and like smoking would make me more anxious. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so like substances aren't the best way to like curb anxiety. I know that from experience now. So like working out every day is definitely a big thing for me. Before I work out, I stretch and like I go pretty hard. Like mm-hmm. I just started like deadlifting and stuff. So. I might oh, be really? Like, yeah. Okay. So, like, so like I'm I'm just, you know, working my way up now because, like, I kind of felt like I reached a peak with my runs. It just mm-hmm. was the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. And it's just almost like taking medicine. If you're not doing any kind of increase mm-hmm. or, like, adding to it, then you, my body kind of became accustomed to just yeah. doing the same workout. And um, so, yeah, so now I'm just pushing myself with that. But I don't really, like, getting nervous about anything. If any, I get anxious more than I ever get nervous. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if there's no, if I, if I don't smoke or... Or something like that. It's more so about I have to like be really quiet. Like before I go on stage, I can't talk to people. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of times doing smaller <coughs> venues, um, as I'm starting off, like people get offended because like my friends and family, especially locally, will come to my shows and they're like when they get there, they're trying to like hit me up and they want to come yeah, to the side. Like, and I'm like, nah. I have someone there helping me typically. And I'm like, yo, tell my cousin or whoever it is, like I cannot talk to them afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come kick it with everybody, yeah. but. I'm working through it in my mind. I'm remembering lyrics. I'm, you know, I'm literally yeah. having a rehearsal like in my head. You socializing with somebody during that point would only increase the anxiety. Yeah, it's a distraction. Yeah. Because I get the more unprepared I feel, the more anxious I get. Yeah. You so, know? so I think you, you brought up saying that you envision yourself mm-hmm. on stage before you actually go out on stage. Yep, I do. Um, and I, I basically see the whole performance through. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, um, like you know, there's cases where, like, when you when I was brought up to perform with Khaled or whatever, um, I ain't really know fully what to expect until I got, we got under the stage, and they're like, oh, you're going to walk up these stairs onto the stage from under the stage. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a part of this. I wasn't a part of the On The Run tour, so I didn't know how it worked. And mm-hmm. so I, was, I wasn't nervous, but I was anxious up until the moment when I got to the stage, mm-hmm. and I saw literally how I entered the mm-hmm. stage. Because then just- now, in my mind, I could rehearse. I got to walk up eight stairs. Or I got to, you know, like, mm-hmm. every last thing has to I have to go over it in my head to feel comfortable and then that way when I go on stage it's energy and it's autopilot yeah I've rehearsed everything so many times it's autopilot Mm, and now now my personality comes into play and that's Uh where the star quality comes into play and and really showing my personality and, and and that's the part that I think separates again the people who can really do it well and the people who just trying to do it you know what I'm saying because it sounds like an actor with a script where once you know your lines Mm -hmm. fall out you're, now you can be yourself yeah. before you're constantly exactly. trying to try to 100%. Yeah. And that's why, I, you know, to your point, I wanted, I've always wanted to transition eventually into acting as well. Like down the line, it's definitely something I see myself doing in addition to being, you know, an executive in the music business. I definitely, you know, want to start getting into reading scripts and, and doing that because I feel like, you know, artists, we're transformers. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's some, some artists who are better actors and actresses than others, you know, um, but I do feel like it's something that I could do for sure because I'm pretty good at, like, I could switch my personality if I need to. I don't, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But if I need to put it on, I can. So know? so do you, what superhero would you want to play in a movie? Um, Too baby black. Blank man. What? Boy, you want to do a reboot of Blank <laughs> that Man? That would be fire. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> Blank Man. Wow. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Me too. Wow. I was obsessed with that movie. Or Damn. Meteor Man. Or me- Meteor Man. Yeah, was it like Hey, movie. have you seen that movie recently? 
That movie's dark as fuck. Nah, I haven't seen it. I haven't all. watched it as an adult, but I watched it like 50 times as a young The way student. Robert Townsend gets his ass beat at the end, I was like, I oh. shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> like, he's got beaten bloody. We interpret it like that, though. <laughs> the Golden Lords. Yeah, we ain't interpret it like that. I gotta go that. back and see it. We're I'm gonna, gonna watch, watch it today. We're, I don't know. I gotta fire stick. Yeah. Yeah, just, oh, just search it. You can find this shit. <laughs> I, I, no, I had a fire stick. Well, I actually have one now. I remember I had one. Uh, what's it called? Jailbroken or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like it. No. I didn't like it because I quality. thought it, not the quality I thought as soon as I got it I can like download the movies and save them I know it's gonna oh, be no, like you can't save them I it's streaming I know streaming and you know if you don't got good Wi-Fi if your okay. Wi-Fi is spotty yeah. you're gonna be watching the movie I for about 8 Wi-Fi. hours oh, okay. I got the good Wi-Fi too yeah. you know so you have a PlayStation though right you don't buy movies digitally I don't have time to watch movies I really watch movies why well, make time Oh, yeah, t- no, okay, so... She thought I finished it? <laughs> no, because the reason why, like, I want to go see that movie, um, what's the one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga? Oh, uh, A Star is Born. A Star is Born, because it was between that and Venom, and I'm Wait, not... you were going to watch it at home? No, or... I mean, to the movies. Oh, I, like... I was talking about streaming, though, at home. Well, I'm saying I don't have time to watch movies in general, like, because of stuff like that. Like, in that instance, I went to the movies, right? I'm like, okay, I'm done with the project I got to do for the cartoon I'm pitching, mm-hmm. and... As soon as I came out the movie, I got an email message like, hit me up now ASAP. We got to make some change these right, pictures. Right, right, right. And I was like, fuck. So it's better for you to watch movies at home. Is I don't watch movies saying? at home because when you I'm at home. You got to make time for yourself. Because when I'm at home, I'm, I'm still working on cartoons yeah. and my comic strips. Like, I bought this fucking Nintendo Switch, and that here has been the best, worst thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Because now four hours That's of my life. distraction. Yeah, four to five hours of my day is gone where I could be working on something else. Right, all right, right. I and, got you. Or you're also getting creative... Uh, Inspiration from the characters that are on the video game. Captain Falcon beating the shit out of me with, with Pikachu was not inspiration. If anything, it makes me want to keep playing more so I can try to beat another <laughs> character, right? I beat him. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, great, whatever. Yeah, funny. That's hilarious. Who cares? Anyone want to bring up, um, I know we're, we're talking angry about a lot of stuff. Um, I definitely want to bring up Greg because recently you began working with Adobe, which is fucking huge. Yeah, so... Um, Tell us more. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the cooler things that I've been involved in. I feel like... I think a lot of people recognize who Adobe is because I didn't realize that anybody would even care like that, what? right? It's Adobe. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't think of it like that until after the response of me, like, uh, letting everybody know that the, the yeah. presets were available. So, um, but anyways, uh, Adobe reached out and they're like, hey, we really like your work. And we would like for you to build uh, six presets for us, and you can title it whatever you want, and then you just need to do a tutorial video and then create the presets. Greg, photo guy, the preset. No, I called him the I called him Greg Noir's uh, black and white ninja pack because they, <laughs> first of all, I don't know why I named it that, but I figured I figured it out why after I came up with the name. So why? Because I was like, so <laughs> so with black and white, like you deal with like shadows and. Stuff like that. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at you. I, th- I think it's cool. That you, that, I thought, why? I was going to crack a joke. Yeah, so I was, like, I was like, I named one. One of them was literally named Shadow. One's named Kunai. One of them's Clean Cut because it's like the cleaner of the presets. And, got you. And et cetera, et cetera. Shinobi because that's the ninja that stays in the dark, whatever. Um, so that was cool that I could do that. And also, you know, Greg Noir, like the moniker of that came from my love for film noir and black and white. Mm-hmm. So I used film noir to inject into my images now for them to allow me to create something based on like what I'm super passionate besides live, uh, live music. I was like, well, this is fucking fantastic. So um, 
put that out and uh, but, but how, how'd you even get in touch with Adobe? How did they reach out to you? Like what? Happened? I didn't get in t- Adobe reached out to me. So I feel like that's the the beauty of social media because that's where a lot of people find you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Besides, like people referring you to uh, client uh, X, Y, and Z. A lot of the stuff comes from your exposure on the internet because a lot of people can't won't know who you are until they find you on social media. Some right. people search hashtags. Some people just go through social media until they find some, something they like and like, whoa, we like these images. How can we work this person? So they sent me an email some time ago, and it was it was one of those dead end emails from a different agency that didn't represent. Oh, excuse me, they weren't who I was been I've been communicating with recently. Right. So did that, you, did, that was kind of dead was, in the water. Did you think it was, oh you say you you've been working with the agency before? Yeah, the, the previous oh, okay. agency, it was like it was like a lot of back and forth, but nothing really came of it. And I kind of read the tea leaves in that sense. But the second go around, which was like a little like maybe two months ago, they reached out and like they were like, Hey, we want to work with you because you're a little different from the normal people we work work with. Because normally the, it's like Nat Geo photographers or portrait photographers or or people do landscape stuff that they work with. Like previously, it was a landscape photographer that they used for this preset uh, thing that they had going on. Um, but this time they were like, let's work with this guy. These these images are interesting. And it's live music. And it's live music that's shot a little little bit differently. And the fact that you like black and white is like a plus. So we can right. work with you on that that aspect. So. That's it. Um, yeah, so it's 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 kind of cool because I've been working with Adobe or working on Adobe products since like 2007, since before I was actually a professional photographer. Right. Like I remember I was working on Adobe in high school. Yeah. Um, that was just big. Yeah. That, so you know, it's it's it's, pr- it's like a huge milestone for me because I feel like, damn, where where does it go from here? Like, Man, who, that's crazy. Who else work with yeah, that's, now? that's amazing. I mean, I've worked with like uh, several different companies, but this this just seems to be it's a little huge. bit bigger because. They actually, they're like taking into uh, account like the quality of the work. It's not just like a built around hype. It's right. like this guy's image, images have to be great because Adobe is about yeah, like, but like mm-hmm. we were saying, it's they're going to have to add the word Photoshop to the dictionary. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Seriously, yeah. like everybody's d- doing Photoshop. That's like a standard now. It's like, mm-hmm. and that's a, you know, for people who don't know, Adobe created exactly. Photoshop. Yeah. So it's like, that's. It's bigger than big. That's like on the level of like doing something for Google. And I use, a, I use Adobe in my craft pretty much daily. Yeah. When it comes to like me creating my comic strip book yeah. or when I'm doing my comic strips and I got to put them out for Twitter, I do the layout in Adobe yeah. Illustrator, you know, my comic strip book and InDesign. That's incredible. If I got to fix some something real quick in Photoshop, like it's it's crazy. And then when you brought up the agent thing, the reason I brought that up because I got emailed, I think like last week, by a company called Wooly, W-O-O-L-Y. Yeah, I've heard of Wooly. Okay, yeah, so they emailed me and they're like, hey, you know, do you want to be accepted to the Amazon Influencer Program? Mm. And I was, I looked at the email address and I was like, I don't really know. It was like Wooly Dash email or something like that, uh, Wooly Dash mail. Mm-hmm. And I remember last month I got hit up by some somebody was like, hey, we see that, you know, you want to get verified on Instagram. Go ahead and click this link and put in your your profile information, your oh, name man, and everything. Did you click the link? No, I clicked the code. When I clicked the link, oh, shit. I you clicked felt the like link. You were being hacked or something? No, I saw the user. I said, it's an insert your username, your profile. I said, wouldn't Instagram already know my shit? Mm-hmm. Right. Right? It makes no sense. Right. And so when I went back to the email, and it was like Instagram, something, something at gmail.com. I said, oh, somebody's trying to steal <laughs> somebody my yeah. Somebody yeah. trying to steal Still my profile. Yeah. yeah. So with Wooly, with the person who hit me up, I was like, I don't know if this is legit or not. And right. they're like, and then email me from another email yeah. was like the the actual Wooly, like corporate. It was right. like, no, go to our website, check this out, boom, boom, boom. I said, oh, okay, it's actually legit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, you got to be, 
Man, you, you gotta be careful. You gotta be really careful. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, man, we said so much good stuff about DMs earlier, man. Yeah, shit. Dang. <laughs> shit, we can say it again. <laughs> What was said? I don't even remember. <laughs> we were just talking about what DMs we filter through and, like, when we read them. I was saying, basically, oh, you know, yeah. like, the reason why we read them and, you know, mm-hmm. the difference between knowing the difference between people who are trolling you and in your inbox just asking for stuff, being entitled, and the people who are complimenting you and encouraging yeah. you that you actually, when you actually feed off that positive energy and then the verified, you know, inc- inquiries that you may get and um, actual legitimate opportunities that we may get, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, like uh, I brought up, um, after I dropped that comic strip with uh, Jaden and Will. Exactly. About the Red Table Talk. Yeah. How Little Mama sent me a DM. Exactly. And that all super the, dope. Super dope. And, and when a lot of people think of Little Mama, they like I said, they think about her jumping on stage with yeah. Jay-Z. Yeah. And, exactly. And, uh, yeah, a, 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 lot, a lot of people try to poke fun at Little Mama, right. but she sent me the realest DM I've ever got. Yeah. from anybody and it was pretty much saying that hey I saw your work on Jada on Jada's page what you're doing is super dope don't let the industry uh, don't sell yourself short to the industry because they're going to pay you whatever you're worth right Right. You're in, if you're in high demand high quality get your money that's pretty much what it was Yeah. and I was like that's Damn. pretty far she took the time out to write such a like genuine message a genuine yeah. message like very yeah. genuine and, and what I tell people too when it comes to those messages is that her platform and other people who are superstars and just high up there, like when you when you message those people, like it's a very quick interaction. You don't try to become friends, and that's right. one reason I don't answer a lot of DMs. Right, I, right, I, right. I look at the DMs. I appreciate everyone who sends me, you know, kudos and say it's I love it to death, right? Yeah. But I'm not going to respond because one, there's a lot of weirdos out there, and right. two. Those end up to people trying to create conversations. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so, like I, I acknowledge that this is like a, a great compliment, but then once you accept it, then it just keeps going and going and going, and it literally, it literally doesn't it stop. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm already busy. Yeah. I'm busy. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't respond to DMs. I don't respond to text messages to right. people that I do know. Like, exactly. I can't keep up a conversation. I'm not an asshole. It's just that I, that's I a can't. Sagittarius thing too. Kind of an asshole. I'm ass- Somebody I'm an called asshole. me. A son- somebody called me a son of a bitch that's in my DMs. That's a oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a bit much. Yeah. A son of a bitch is super yeah. offensive. Yeah. So, 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 you can't respond. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't go that far though. That's crazy. He took the time out. Instead of calling you like a dick or something else, he typed out "son of a bitch." No, no the, the, the person said, "Hey, I love your work, man." Boom, boom, boom. And then, like the next day, I didn't even see it, and I saw both of them together. The next day, he says, "You're a son of a bitch. You can't even respond to your fans." I'm like, yeah, he dude, was salty, salty. I'm like, Chill out. Son, of, son of a bitch is funny though. But you know what's crazy? <laughs> it's like old school. You know, I, I was talking to um, my cousin Lincoln, right? And he brought up this is it. he brought up the fact like. Um, Stuart Scott, you remember Stuart Scott? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, so years ago, he said he what upset him with Stuart Scott was that um, he sent Stuart Scott a message saying, "Hey man, thank you for everything you've done. You know, I love everything you're doing. Your inspiration." Yeah. He didn't respond, but right under that message, it was on Twitter. Somebody came at Stuart Scott, some troll, and Stuart Scott responded, responded to, to it. Yeah. Comment. And so my cousin was like, "The fact that you let your energy." Mm. go towards something like negative. that. Negative. Yeah. Yep. And so I had an epiphany of why it happens, right? Because when you're in this platform, you get so many of these messages congratulating you all the time mm. and telling you you're so good and what you're doing. You're used to it. It becomes right. part of your life. But you get that one person who doesn't agree with you and it sticks out. Oh, of course. So I call it the Chicken French... in the armor. Yeah, I call it the French fry. 
right? The French fries. So <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. It's going to make sense. It's going to make go. sense. <laughs> all right. So you, you have all these French fries, right? Yeah. You're eating. They're all delicious. You yeah. used to have delicious French fries. <laughs> but then you get that one fucking curly fry. Yeah. And it sticks out. And you look at the curly fry, you're kind of like... I'm what, getting engaged. What, well, yeah, what is, you, could, you should throw it away, right? Yeah. It's not part of you use your fries, but you don't. You eat the shit, yeah. right? And you feed it. You eat it. You literally eat it. Right. And you realize that it's good, but you didn't have to eat the shit. Right. And you just continue eating the rest of your fries again. And so yeah. that's, that's why I compare it to, like, I thought, gonna, that I thought you were going to say it's soggy fry instead. I like did, the, too. the limp fry. Yeah, the limp no. fry, the black, the brown, <laughs> no. the dark brown one. Because the curly fry, I appreciate. Like, yeah. I want that. No, but I'm, I'm saying that you have these fries you're used to eating all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you right. get that one curly fry, and that just distracts you, and, and you put your attention towards yeah. that one curly fry. Yeah. You don't know why it got there, but you're wondering, like, what the fuck is this? You know what? I'm going to eat it anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. And that's what I compare it to. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. Thank you. I like I like I like soggy fry a little better, but I understand. Only time you get soggy fries is eating in our burger. Hold on, wait, wait, hold on. In our burger is disgusting. In and out burger doesn't have soggy fries because they're like they're cardboard. But, <laughs> but I'm gonna but to I'm me. gonna say this. In our burger. Don't say it's better than Whataburger. I won't you, say it then. You better not. I won't you say it. I don't not. even eat meat, but I know better than you to better say it. Not. Say it. You better in and out burger is garbage. Uh, Every real it. Texan I know, but see, you're from Dallas, so that's expected. Yeah, we have water burger in Dallas too. Yeah, yeah that type of burger but too. Just, but just you, you saying that and thinking that way, that's like a Dallas thought. Process. But look, I'm it talking is. burgers. I'm not talking about the patty melts and the other. burger no, is trash. About the normal burger. The burger, and that is, burger trash. is not trash. It is. I had next time you go earlier this year. Next time you go, I had earlier this year because I was Listen. like, you know what, I hadn't had it in years, and I said this is the worst shit I've eaten. Okay, next time you go. Get a double double mustard fried with chopped chilies on it. No, my my oh. thing is that if I can't get your normal burger, I feel you on that. It's trash. But just do that, and then it'll change your life. Anyways, next All next right. topic. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yesterday um, I had a pitch, a cartoon pitch meeting, mm-hmm. and that was interesting because I've had pitch meetings before where they've been in person, and this one was with Black Bar Mitzvah. That's with. Um, uh, Aaron Bergman and Jay Ellis, super dope, man. The way they're they're bringing me into the industry and the knowledge I'm getting from it, I'm realizing how difficult this shit is. Like, yeah, a lot of people ask when you gonna get a cartoon. Like, this shit is fucking hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I had to do. I haven't done so much writing in my life. Yeah. And I realized that you you I can't just draw a picture and have an idea. Like, right. they want to see how can you take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how can you do this by yourself? And things like that. So I had the pitch meeting, and we skyped it. And what was interesting about it was, we had this whole, we had the whole treatment there. I was like, okay, you're gonna say this, I'm gonna say this. I did supposed to do like most of the speaking, and reading it through. I thought I was gonna read it through, go through it. Hey, you have any questions? Move to the next subject. And I was totally thrown off because they were like asking me questions, and I was like, do you want me to read this? They're like, no, no, no. We just want to get some of the stuff, some answers that we have right. uh, from the email, the, the information we got before. And I was like, damn, it just made me realize, like, you have to adapt to all kind of situations like that. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm super happy. I had a euphoric moment um, the day after my birthday that really made me finally see where I'm going to mm-hmm. or, or, or where, I'm, where I'm getting at. I was talking to my cousin Lincoln, and I was like, I can see myself being the next, being the Black Walk Disney. Yeah. And he was like, don't think like that. Think yourself as being Obi because yeah. you're going to have people looking up to you like that. Yeah. I, I never thought about I it like that. Yeah. Right. I, mm-hmm. 
And so having that pitch meeting was super dope. And then the other pitch meetings I have coming up in the future. But um, it was just intriguing knowing that you have to know your shit. Yeah. Because the questions they were asking me were, were nowhere in the treatment that they had, mm-hmm. nowhere in the treatment that I had. And, man, I just, this, this thing, like, this seeing how everything is moving forward with that is fucking crazy. So how did you react to those those curveball questions? I like, had it. Oh, but, so it was on point. Like I was the, on point because okay. I forgot I forgot who who um told me ahead of time. You know what, my mentor, and that's what I was gonna bring up the fact that you having uh, B as your mentor and all the knowledge you're getting from her is crazy because yeah. mentorship is everything. I was at work in that. high school speaking <laughs> to the kids a... this morning, and that was one of the things I told them like, don't be afraid to have a mentor. It don't matter who what level, but if it's somebody who you can soak up real game from, you got to embrace that because you never realize. How much what how much you can improve on? Yeah, you don't always, know. Always room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. You look at you, be like, damn, I didn't even see it like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. So because of my mentor, mentor was like, you understand, like if you're at Comic Con, right, and you're on a panel, these motherfuckers are gonna grill you about shit like why oh, to do this, yeah. right. everything like why, what's this person's last name, where's their spouse at, you know what happened here, what happened, where the, right. the pre and before. So right. when I was already ironing out my story for my cartoon, I was like, I didn't have this answer done, this answer done, this answer done. Why this happened? What is this? And they were asking me, like, why is this going on? How is this person communicating with this person? Like, how they get in touch? Where this person come from? Right. And I'm boom, 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 boom. And still afterwards, I was still like, damn, I don't know if I killed it. Now, you know, Jay and Aaron both were like, you did a great job, but who really knows mm-hmm. until you get the feedback? But yeah. they're, they're saying it's so different. You can have people engage they said they had somebody where they pitched for 30 minutes straight, and they're like, all right, thank you, bye. Damn. Right. And you don't hear back from them. Yeah. So That's crazy. That's the industry. Yeah, it's the industry. It's, it's a... It's Nerve-wracking. A, yeah. It's really weird, but... It's crazy. Learning from that stuff is... Huh. Um, do you, so, do you have anything coming up that you're working on? Coming up, so I've been working on my album for like the past year and a half. Um, it's real rap on there. Got some bars for y'all. Um... Legible bars, you know, bars you can understand. <laughs> um, Damn. And, um, you know, um, and yeah, I've been working on that. I've also been like really heavy into writing for other artists again, trying to just kind of diversify because I spent a lot of time just writing for B. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, like recently, I, I went to Nashville to a songwriting camp with some of the most brilliant um, writers in the industry, particularly women, because it was all female songwriting mm-hmm. camp put on by ASCAP. Shout out to ASCAP. And um, basically, we went down to Nashville and we worked on songs for Mary J. Blige's new album. Oh, nice. And um, and so hopefully I can, you know, do some more sessions for her. And um, I hear that a couple other artists who are looking for records, I've had the blessing to talk to their management, you know, teams and get some direction on what they're looking for. So I've been just kind of like in the studio. I have a studio in my crib in a tray um, here in Houston. And I just linked um, with a new producer and engineer who's been coming to my house and recording me or whatever. So... He's dope. He has tracks and stuff. I'm writing his tracks and just like sending them to my publisher. Mm. He's he's based in Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And um. So yeah. So I just been like trying to get records stacked up. That's the biggest thing. I so far for my album, I've recorded like over fifty songs. Mm-hmm. Damn. And um, I've narrowed them down once, and now I've added even more, you know, to it. So we're gonna have to narrow it, narrow it down yeah. again. I started shooting some visuals for it back in April, um, earlier this year. And we ended up utilizing just a small piece of those visuals for a mixtape I dropped over the summer called Where I Stay. 
And that mixtape was dope. It was really just, like, supposed to be for promo, but initially, like, the label didn't expect me to, like, sample things like I did. Like, mm-hmm. the direction I was given was kind of confusing. And um, they didn't want to, like, have to deal with, like, clearing Clearances, the samples, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, but it was, it was really ill. I got some really dope features on it from, like, some of my favorite Houston artists. Propane's on it, Slim nice. Thug's on it, mm-hmm. um, Kyle Wayne, and Les. Mm-hmm. So shout oh, out nice. to all of yeah. them. Yeah, and the link is actually in the bio on my Instagram page. And so, um, besides that, like, just, like, I just went to London. I worked with a producer out there named Cadenza. I spent seven days out there. And between going to London and New York last month, I did, like, ten new records. Mm -hmm. So, um, from that, I'm probably going to, like, make an EP out of some of those songs at the top of the year. Drop an EP. Do you need um, me to feature on the track? Maybe, on the artwork. (laughs) (laughs) Single art. <laughs> All right, podcast over, everybody. I'm kidding. She kept the slug going. No, it's, it's, it's cool. When she, no, when she when said the, single art, when, when, they this, when they hear this diss track, I drop all angry. Man. That's but um, nah, so like, yeah, I'm going to put out a project and then like, you know, get this album out before the summer. That's the goal. Like, in... You know, I ain't trying to... Be, I love Jay Alec, but I always joke and say I'm like the female him. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be that. You know, I do want to put out my album so I can get out this new artist phase. You know, it would be great mm-hmm. for me to go on my own tour. Um, you know, opening for Beyonce is fantastic. It's, mm-hmm. it's a blessing, but I would love to, like, be paired up with an artist that's, like, more in my realm. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out, you know, Travis, if you need any opening acts in the next six months or anybody that's else good. that's, you know... And, exactly. And, and a feature. Yeah, that too. But Travis is really a kind guy. Like, sidebar, yeah. I know we talked about the Astro Festival and stuff earlier, but, you know, Travis is, like, he's really dope. And I think that um, what he's doing in the music business and in what Houston. he's brought back to Houston mm-hmm. is really special. And it's going to stand the test of time. He's he's yeah. he's planting seeds that, you know, will be things that we'll see grow over the years and Hopefully. things that people are going to talk about later. So, yeah. so um, the thing, cause I remember we, we were talking about earlier, but the fact with Travis is that it took him to get out of Houston. Yeah. To really get on top like he is. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's a thing for Houston artists, you know. Um, it's probably maybe a blessing and a curse, that first podcast, because we were so raw with the first one. Right? I know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's going to have to be a lot of editing done. But, um, yeah, like, now we can, like, think about our answers and what we were saying. But, it was yeah, too fucking raw. Yeah. It, it was real raw. But, um, nah, as far as Houston goes, you know, like, it's it's a place where it's such a big major city that we kind of have established our own industry standards within the city, and then when you work in the real industry, the entire industry, the, the worldwide music business, um, you realize there's a universal standard for that too, mm. and um and and so it's kind of pointless to try to come here and live up to those standards and 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 get over those hurdles when it only gets you and he gets you somewhere within Houston. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's definitely a cap. And and most of these artists out here don't have no ceiling. You know what I'm saying? None of us have like a ceiling or, or a cap to what we're trying to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, in Travis's case, you know, he lived outside of Houston and struggled for years. You yeah. know, he was discovered on the Kanye forum online, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and he just ended up in the right places and studios and he moved around. He was homeless. He struggled. You know, even though he came from a good family here and stuff, he still struggled. And, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And so it's the same thing kind of in my case where I had to make that decision to make that sacrifice and say, hey, I'm a dip, you know, for the sake of coming back with something. Because before I left, I didn't have half of the, you know, income. 
income and stability that I have now or mm-hmm. relationships even. Yeah. I didn't have a management deal. I didn't have a record deal or a publishing deal. And I have all three now. And so all my business to this day is based elsewhere. It's based out of Houston. And it's based out of, you know, New York. Um, excuse me. It's based out of L.A. And it's based out of New York. But now it's like I have the luxury of saying nah, I want to live in Houston and just travel and move around. But at the same time, you know, I've done some things to establish myself. So financially, I'm cool. But socially and even trying to create that buzz as a still a new artist who's going to drop an album soon, it's hard because I'm not participating in the things that Houston and the Houston industry says you have to do to be relevant here. But, but, it, but even still, it feels like when it comes to Houston where... A lot of artists just don't pop off. Maybe you are bringing, like, when we talk about Toby, right? Yeah. Where Toby, dope-ass artist, dope-ass lyricist. But Toby Nguigui, right? Yeah, Toby hey, Nguigui. Uh, but it wasn't until out, the media outside of Houston became aware, of, uh, became aware of him, and then Houston started picking him up like, oh, okay, this is one of us. Now let's put him on the radio. Right. Yeah, it's um, it's the same thing. Like, we're, it's a city that, like, we we follow trends. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And and what's ironic is we've set all the trends almost. Like, you know, the South has, like, set the tone for what the music mm-hmm. has sounded like for the past. Drake came and blew up, and everybody's doing a rendition of what Drake was doing, literally. Not knowing that the original was something. That was a Drake dropped in 08, so it's been 10 years since Drake (laughs) has been on top, literally, and they don't know that he was mimicking Houston shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of this stuff is a derivative of our Mm -hmm. culture and music, and they don't embrace the people who originate. So, for example, you know, Toby is a great example. It's a perfect example, because he's also starting his own sound. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's why he's you know, spot on with that. He's not, he doesn't make Houston music, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm another artist for sure who, when my album drops, you know, God willing, it'll blow up outside of Houston and within Houston. But I will have a lot of fans. I have a lot of fans now outside outside of the city. And then the city, like you said, will start, you know, rocking with the stuff when they see, oh, everybody else likes it. And it's the same thing for Travis. Like, Travis's sound isn't the standard classic Houston rap sound, but the sound that he's been doing for the longest is a sound that, like, Kanye is taking a lot of cues from Travis mm-hmm. and a lot of other creatives have, too. He was writing and producing for artists before people started really giving him his, you know, accolades and respect as an artist himself. He mm-hmm. was behind the scenes a lot. And so... um People are subconsciously, they've been taken in our culture. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then we have the literally, again, the biggest star in the world is from here. Everything she touches turns gold. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, I don't understand that mentality, you know, of not embracing your own because we set the tone. I think it's the fear of, you know, everybody here got major FOMO. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. feel like, oh, you're going to get on and we're going to help you get on and we're going to encourage you and then you're going to leave us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, no, bro, I'm going to invite you to come with me. And as Mm -hmm. long as you don't turn salty and bitter and start acting weird, like 90% of the people in the business do in general, that's not a Houston thing. That's a creative thing. We're just weirdos. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we get in our feelings about stuff. We internalize stuff. And feelings don't mix with business in that sense. Mm -hmm. So then that becomes a hindrance. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking from personal experience. You know, I've been recording music since I was 11. I'm 31. I'm about to be 32 next week. So it's been a strong 20-plus years years for me doing the same thing. I've never had a job outside of music in my life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, this is literally all I know. It's a survival thing for me. It's it's, it's what I know. It's what I do. But at the same time, it's like, I, I also know like the real standard. You feel me? So being from Houston, I hope I can be one of the people who has the energy to be here 
and be trying to like fix it at the same time. And that's what I think is like making my shit pop off in double time or like half time. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. because if I were in LA still right now, I could be making, or if I went to LA rather, or if I was in New York still, I could be making a lot more traction, I feel like. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I made the sacrifice to come home initially for personal reasons, but I decided to stay because I felt like, I right, there's so much potential here. And I, I also have quietly been doing A&R work for my label for Parkwood since last July. Mm-hmm. So every month I turn in an A&R report where I have to like show like 16 new things on my A&R report. And even on there, like, over a year, when I first did the a report, like my first and second report, Toby was on there. This is back when he first started making his videos mm-hmm. on Instagram before he even really went viral with the So Gone Challenge. And, mm-hmm. um, I have several, every pretty much local artist that if you've heard their name, they've been on my a report, you know. So that's why I get kind of offended when I see people from the city complaining, you know what I'm saying, openly on public platforms about who's not putting people on to what's popping mm-hmm. here and all that. It's like, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. There's an industry standard and then there's a Houston standard. Yep. Mm-hmm. So just because there's some people popping in Houston, that does not mean that DJ Khaled knows who they are or will ever know who they are. Mm-hmm. I literally had somebody call my phone and ask me, could I get Beyonce to get on the Fast Lane remix? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wish I could see like, on face they, right now. I wish I could they, see on face right they now. They were like. serious. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I was actually really to, cool and respectful with my response because it was actually somebody who I considered to be a homie. Oh, uh, okay. And not Still really. It's <laughs> an industry homie, but I'm uh-huh. saying I felt yeah. like he know me well enough, you know, so it was just weird, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to play him. I respect him. And mm-hmm. so, see, see, that, remember that we were talking about saying like, hey, no, if you're grinding, we'll help you out. But when you try to act for a favor... Yeah, Especially but you don't a call me and ask magnitude. Michael Jackson. That's like yeah, you that's asking ins- me, hey, can you get Michael Jackson to get on? It's like, yo, first it's of the all, same exact thing. I'm signing her label, and I ain't breathing that to her. That's not even an yeah, idea in fuck? my mind for my record that'll change my life. So if I don't think that that's going to happen for me, you think she's going to get on Fast Lane's record or whoever, Kiati, whoever, it, it was a Kiati and somebody else song. It was the H-Town for Real remix, I think, yeah, It was the one with, um, with not Jay, just Jay, what's um, oh, that the Mad Hatter? Yeah, it was like one of those songs, but and it's just like then I see and it's no disrespect because you know I don't care if anybody like blackball me or whatever we can edit it. I don't care, but I see a lot of the same people out who know me, who've known me for Mm -hmm. years, and then I see them at the on the run tour after I open and they literally don't speak to me. Oh really? Wow. Mm. And again, that's like Houston culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've met Puff like probably eight times in my life, maybe. And do you know, every time I've seen him, he spoke to me and looked me in my eye. I know he don't remember me. He don't Mm -hmm. know me. Mm -hmm. I don't know Puffy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I've met him and been around him enough for him to be able to be intuitive enough to read the energy to just know, oh, I probably... Yeah. From deducting the settings we're in and just being human, oh, I probably should speak to her or respect. You know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. that comes from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. If you see somebody who you know you recognize in a public place and we all are artists and we're all on the same journey together, why won't you just speak? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of time it's men, you know, and I'm a woman, so I'm thinking like, and I like again, I love men, real mm-hmm. men though. So I'll be thinking like, this is why I'm single now. Because all of y'all <laughs> act like bras. Like, why... Seriously, guys? Like, Yo, okay. so, you know, just heard the fuck <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Damn. just keeping it a buck, you know, to uh-huh. go further from what I was saying earlier, but to be more, like, direct, you know, about how I, you know, it's a real thing out here, you know, it's just like, if you see somebody, it don't matter if you're a rapper or a preacher, that's common respect, like, mm-hmm. hey, 
I recognize you. You know what I'm saying? That's like if I saw you right now in the mall, like, unless you was, like, doing something where I felt like I was going to be a disturbance, you know, and we made eye contact and it felt like you didn't want to be spoken to at that time. I'm I'm intuitive like that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but if I see somebody in general and we in a room together and it's awkward and I'm in the corner by myself and you're really in the corner by yourself, we should might as well just say what's up and chop it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, really. this is weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why e- I, Even if it's like a head nod or something, like yeah, just say what's up. So yeah. it, let's acknowledge each other. And, and and honestly, more people who I know from like in a familiar way do that than not. Mm-hmm. It's strangers who come up to me and strike up and that fans is true. who that talk to me more. You know, like, I, I, don't, I don't have to name names, but every artist almost in Houston, I could say that they've done that to me at least why, once. Why do you think that's a Houston thing, though? Like, Because uh, I, I didn't been in New York and I see how all these niggas dap each other all day and they dap me true. included. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just saying, why do you think that that's a prevalent issue here in, in this city? Because in we have our own industry standard. There's not mm-hmm. enough people doing it on the large level to regulate the few people who really do it. So then you have cliques built around. Do, 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 the, you feel like, do you feel like they feel like they're above? Well, not. I think it's an insecurity thing. Mm-hmm. The more secure you feel, the nicer and more welcoming you are. Mm-hmm. So I think that people get a little bit of power, and because their power only works here, they, they super flex yeah. their power mm-hmm. here. Because some of these same people have seen me in settings in other cities, and they've been like my best friend. Mm. Hey, yo. I'd be like, my G, that's I funny. just saw you at Rose Gold. That's you funny, man. To me, bro. You know that's what I like about Slim? Because I oh, remember yeah, years ago, one of the realest yeah, here, people in this fucking and city. Paul, Just in general. Yeah, OGs, Paul too, yeah. You know, the OGs are the best. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because But why would they be insecure at this point? They're yeah, OGs, true, yeah, yeah. and everybody know them. People respect them. They got real money. Mm-hmm, they don't got mm-hmm. internet money. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They don't got a bunch of followers, but then empty bank accounts. Like, yeah. mm-hmm, And that's the culture mm-hmm, we live mm-hmm. in now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, going back to saying how I, I date guys, and they might come by my place. Last guy I was talking to for the first time, he came by and literally walked in my crib and was like, oh, Wow. And I was kind of confused. I'm like, nigga, what you wow? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like my shit ain't fancy. I have a decent place, but I'm just like, I wouldn't be super impressed, you know? And he was just like, your place is really nice. And I was like, oh, thanks. He's like, you know, I'm like, so then a little time went by. We started kind of talking. I felt awkward. So I was like, so what did you think of me? Like when you first met me, because we met at a bar that I hang out at, he was working, I was there. <laughs> and he's just like, um, Honestly, I thought you were drunk. I just thought you just get drunk every- And I'm like, damn. Like, But you got to think about like the culture, even of the music business in general, and what people in my position typically do with their time. Mm-hmm. And I started really internalizing that and thinking like just recently, like, damn, is that what like all these men think about me? Is that why like the guys who I'm attracted to who like are good men with good values, who want to get married and have traditional families, like that's what I want. But do these guys see me out and think, oh, she smoked weed. We know that. Mm-hmm. And she also gets lit. It's like, nigga, I drink one day out of the week. You know what I'm saying? Like, but and I pay all my bills on time. I do what I'm supposed to do as an adult. But there's a certain expectation in so many people out here front. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't have. I've said this in an interview, a real interview before, like where I said I don't have popping bottle money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like to go to the club and spend three hundred dollars on a bottle of Crown that costs literally twenty five dollars in Ralston's. I'm gonna go for the twenty five dollar option. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't care how 
how rich I am, that's, that's probably going to be my logic. Money. It's stupid. You feel <laughs> it's me? Dumb as hell. So it's like you know, with that being, because all for show. Like you just, you just it's awesome about because they bring the sparklers. I say if you bring, if they bring the bottles out without those sparklers. They ain't gonna say take it back and bring it back with seventeen girls. Yeah, it's so stupid. So like I don't have to do that. My crib is comfortable. Like when I leave, if I go to the club for something, it's for a purpose. And when I leave, I go home comfortably. And ninety percent of the people in the club ain't going even to their home. They don't have a home. You know what I'm saying? And so people gotta like. It's like a lot of false prophets out here and false bosses, like fake bosses. It's mm. like they do the surface shit to look relevant, and they might even buy Instagram followers and really walk oh, yeah. around like they got 60,000 followers. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I know some people who've done it. Seen that. Uh, I, I remember LeBron James' tweet. LeBron James said, oh, Instagram about to start cracking down their followers. And he started, then LeBron started laughing like, oh, let's see what's about to happen. Yeah. It's going to get real out here for some people. So mm. you got people who build whole careers off of fake followers. You mm. know what I'm saying? And like, look at me and tell me I'm not relevant. Event. When I've been on Grammy Award winning albums and all this other shit, you know, really look me in my Talk face. Your shit. And tell me relevant. I'm just saying. And, but out here, people literally, I come in the room and they act like I'm not relevant. Like I have have had radio hosts shit on me before recently. You know what I'm saying? Just because they work on 97.9. No disrespect to any radio station. Mm-hmm. But bro, it's a radio station. You play the music we make. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is that even like a debate or an mm-hmm. issue like we we work together you know what i'm saying if i if if everybody on my side of the fence quit making music and doing what we do what you gonna sit on the radio mm-hmm. and talk about you know what i'm saying and, and whose lives are you gonna spectate on and shit so like it's a it's a balance you know what i'm saying we should give each other equal respect i'm no better than a radio dj mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but just because you break records and you we make records you know what i'm saying so it's like you know it's a choice it's a mentality it's like all right are we gonna build each other up or it's power in numbers. That's why people speak about New York like that because everybody in New York, all the puffy and they they've had phases maybe if you've heard of people not being tight at the time, but ultimately all of these dudes always squash their beef. Nas and Jay, Puff and Jay. I've been in rooms several times where all of them have been present. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing but just power. And think about how often do you have instances in Houston if ever where you're going to have Bun in the room, Scarface in the room, Beyonce in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, how realistic is that? Travis Scott in the room, Mike Dean in the room. Like, the real most successful, influential people out of Houston in the room consistently. Like, there's no even climate for that. The restaurants don't even know how to accommodate that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I've literally, it's been instances when, you know, B and J have been in town and they've gone places. And they don't do the most when they go places. But they've literally just called the restaurant, black-owned, and been like, hey, you know, their security or whoever. Like, we got Beyonce and Jay coming in the black-owned restaurant, one in particular that's really popular. was like, yo, we, you know, Barack Obama got to wait in the line. Or Barack Obama got to wait. That's how busy we are. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. just, but it's that power. Like, oh, now you're in Houston where I own a restaurant. So now I'm in power. And for one time where you get freedom every, you get, like, accommodated everywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. a respect thing. It's not them expecting that, but they are who they are. They mm-hmm. earn that. So you get accommodated everywhere on God's green earth. You can go to Nice and you can go to all these different places. and But you in your own home city and they tell you they can't get you a table accommodated. That's crazy. See, I want you to put them on blast. See, no, no. <laughs> see, I, I, I feel um, that way when it comes to art because I remember I was talking to uh, Eves about it. And I was like, how is y'all, like, how did y'all get on in Houston? Because it feels like for me as an artist and seeing like, you know, just the way I'm growing. Yeah. 
I'm like, why have I not been reached out from anybody in Houston? Only one guy, and um, he works for 97.1. Is that what it is? Point nine? No, the other 97.3. The one, um, the 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 urban state. I think it's 97.3. Whatever, whichever is 979, the other one they have, right? Yeah. And, and so he actually started an, another station as well. But he's the only one who reached out to him and said, hey, I want to do, have you on the show and do an interview. Yeah, I've had like some, like, you know, magazine people, like yeah. a little bit, but nothing where it was Houston based. Right. Um, if so, I'm not really sure, but that always is kind of weirding me out. I'm like, this makes no sense. Like, yeah. I shout out Houston all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I know Toby does the same thing with shout out Houston all the time. And it seems like we don't get love in our own city. Nah, it's 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 the crab in the barrel mentality, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And it feels like I think everybody here feels like, damn, like I said, if I encourage him to get on, or if I put this person on, He's they have take a power the power that's that past me. Yeah. And and where is that gonna leave me? Because they haven't seen enough people really now you know, now we can say Beyonce and Travis Scott, but mm-hmm. that's fresh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like who outside of those two have had national, international relevance? And consistency. We still mm-hmm. got to see if we're going to still be talking about Travis in five to ten years. Yeah. I feel like we will. Yeah, absolutely. Because he was very strategic. And I won't say he purposefully, you know, got had a baby with the Jenner. But it, that was brilliant because mm-hmm. she literally is at the epicenter of pop culture. And she's successful as hell. So I, 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 would family, say, I would say even without that, I think Travis Scott is this day and age is Kanye West. I don't think so. No, no, no. Travis no, no. Scott would not it's have different. reached the pillar that he's at right now had that influence from Kylie Jenner no, not played a part. No, I'm the reason why the reason why I'm talking about the four that Kylie Jenner, this his shows and impacts and the people, like I said, this we're of how, course, how do you think he got but, the money to pay for that stuff? Well, well, well I'm, t- I'm talking about of course because we're older. I'm talking about the young the whole younger generation is different from what we can yeah. we can we but can relate the, to. The younger generation is still like on Kanye, like like Travis Scott has not done enough. To be anywhere near Kanye but, West level, but, but I'm thinking he's going to. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm feeling he he's going potential. to. Say, I, I say he has the potential to yeah. be that, but right now he has, he still has a long way to he's, go because he's new on the mainstream. There's level. nobody you could ask uh, who's Kanye West and them not know who that is. But there's still a lot of people who don't know who Travis Scott is. And a lot of people only learned of him not to discredit him at all. To be clear, because of the Jenners, and they had such true. a huge platform, and that's why Nikki, you know, was so salty when yeah. the, their albums dropped because she felt like, oh, he had this baby and yeah. he had this, ex- and it's honestly that's his life. So mm-hmm. you can't get mad at him about his reality, but did those trash. things make a difference? Yes, they probably did. They did definitely he did. Go but plan that out? I don't think I don't, so. You know I don't think saying? so at all. I don't think he's, he's I a hope genuine. Not. No, I'm going to say I, I hope not. I really don't think yeah. so. He's a real genuine human. I'm just saying. But it, 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 make, it God, just makes him sick for him to plan. get with Kylie. He's, he's close to Kanye. They're always together with it each other. It don't work like that. It, it oh. sounds good. <laughs> It sounded oh. like that on the internet, I think. <laughs> I'm just assuming because he's always around Kanye and Kim that he would be around them as well. Okay. Kylie popping. You know what I'm saying? Aside from all of them, like, she really is her own entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For real, for real. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that by fact. And, like, she's just an it girl. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And he got lucky. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, he really got lucky. I don't really think the Kanye stuff really had anything to do with that. You know what I'm saying? Because Kylie on some, like, super bossed up shit. I, I, random. Um, do you think I got a chance with Rihanna? Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. You just sound thirsty like everybody else. I mean, I mean, you think I get, you think I get lucky too? Maybe. Uh, She's currently dating a billionaire. So yeah, but you she don't, don't want to get married. I think she don't want to get married though. That so. ended though. 
gotta get your bees up. Then we'll get married soon. <laughs> get your bees up. <laughs> Wait, my, my what? Your bees. Damn, can I get my thousands up first? Like, God dick. My teeth. I, I mean, my that's like saying you think I can date Beyonce. Damn, Well, Nicki. I think Nicki Minaj is date, uh, dating a regular dude now. Well, he's not a regular dude. He's oh, he's a, not? I just saw a photo. I was just like, no, I don't he's know. he's like a kingpin. He's a, I mean, <laughs> okay, never mind. Like, this dude's like a, he has like 12 mug shots and like a, uh, yeah. You should just Google. Never mind. I can tell. Do you really read blogs? Because it's like... <laughs> <laughs> not recently. Yeah, I, nah. We just had a baby. Yeah, okay, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I don't know about none of these people's business, but to answer your question, you never know. I think that I, I met Rihanna like twice, to be honest with you, and that goes to say like how the circles work. People mm-hmm. would assume mm-hmm. that because I'm so close with B&J and I've spent a lot of genuine time around them in their homes and stuff that, oh, you probably know Rihanna, and it's not true. Mm-hmm. Rihanna was one of the first and only people who I met recently who I felt kind of starstruck around because I don't know her. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it was like, damn, this is Rihanna. And I introduced myself to her because we were literally standing about this far away from each other. And it was one of those awkward things. And I we made eye contact more than once. And finally, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. say something. Uh-huh. And I'm like, because I'm sure she's probably thinking, who is this girl? And I'm always dressed pretty well. So I'm sure she like, she got a cool style. And she did end up complimenting me or whatever. But mm-hmm. I went up to her and I, it was kind of corny, of course. But I'm like, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm, I just got signed. I just got signed to Parkwood, so it was mm-hmm. fresh. I'm like, I'm signed to Beyonce's label, blah, blah, blah. She's like, okay, what you do? And I was like, I rap. She's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. She's like, why are you fly? I was like, thanks. She's, I was like, you know, it's on my bucket list. I just got to tell you it's on my bucket list to, to smoke one with you. She was like, for real? I was that's like, fucking yeah. tight. That's not corny. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> fucking corny. Um, <laughs> no, that's right. not corny. I think it's on everyone's bucket list. Yeah. To... So she's like, worry. She kind of just laughed at wherever she hugged me. That's like Rihanna yeah. and Snoop Dogg. That's like on your bucket list oh, to yeah. smoke with them. 100%. Yeah. Like corny. So yeah, she was really, you know, polite. But I say that to say, like, you know, even in my mind, probably, bef- not probably, but before I got, like, really into the professional circle of B, like, working around her, like, I had different expectations, I think, of, like, how it would be being around different people and mm-hmm. stuff. And you realize, like, these people are just humans. So, like, the more normal you are and really the least starstruck you are, and I know we be joking and shit, but, like, I've learned, like, the more, like, I've gone into the room with, like, some men who I think are just, like, striking or who I think are the best. Like, Justin Timberlake's a perfect example. And I remember, like, being so nervous around him to the point where, like, I was just kind of quiet. And we ended up at dinner one night, and um, he, like, offered me— I had never tried truffle mac and cheese before. And he's like, um, you want some of this? And I was like, no, nah, I'm cool. He's like, but it's truffle. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so he, like, grabs a serving spoon, and he's, like, trying to, like, kind of feed it to me. Mm-hmm. He's really being—he could tell, like— but he was really being more, like, comfortable with me because uh-huh. I was being so standoffish with him. Mm-hmm. And I was there, you know, with— B and J as their guest or whatever. So mm-hmm. he he knew I wasn't like a weirdo, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like he took to me because I wasn't like being thirsty. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it made him feel like, damn, that's intriguing. She not like Asking all about conversation yeah. uh-huh. or like yeah. I was just minding my business. Mm-hmm. And so then like he like when he handed me the spoon, it was a spoon he had eaten off of, and I kind of looked at him like. I'm like, you not for the spoon? So I don't care who you like, are. He kind of looked at me like, and she passed me a fresh fork or whatever. <laughs> like, she already knew. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was picturing, like, other women, like, diving for that spoon to hate off of. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's funny, because, like, telling those stories is always weird, because this is so long ago, and, again, it's impressionable to me. Mm-hmm. He probably won't ever remember this ever. Mm-hmm. He probably won't even ever remember yeah. this night. You know what I'm saying? Just to be clear, like, because for, th- for me, it's a big moment. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But... 
in that moment, I played it cool. Feeds people, uh, feeds people macaroni like every day off the spoon. I got it. It's a rare occurrence. Nah, like, hey, he's truffle. Nah. <laughs> he probably eats truffle it. mac and cheese every day, but yeah. I'm doubting he's mad feed cool, people. but he's like cool, cool. Like he wears Jordan like threes oh, yeah. and ones. Mm-hmm. And like he, he a cool, cool he guy. He's from Memphis. So it's like he he definitely ain't feeding back to everybody. But my point is that like when you when you're like that, like I've been in a room with some other guys, like uh, Michael. What's the guy's name? Who's a commentator? He he dated a uh, Eddie Murphy's ex-wife. Michael. He's straight uh, hands. Straight uh, hands. Yeah. Exactly. From age two. Yeah, he's so handsome. He's from Houston. Yeah. But I was around him and the same kind of thing. He actually had a date with him, so it was no like. And I don't think it was anything fresh with Justin either, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But he he was he made a point to like break the ice. Like I I was sitting kind of awkwardly at Made in America under the tent by him and the chick that was with him or whatever. And eventually he just sparked up a conversation with me. Like he was just like, "Yo, what's up?" Like because mm-hmm. I I just look cool to him and it's like, well, she's not like bothering us and like. Mm-hmm. She's over here awkwardly kind of by herself, so she's here around. I was in a VIP tent, you know. He's like, so let me just talk to her, you know. So I've met a lot of people like that. Do you think they appreciate you not walking up to them and trying to start conversations sometimes? Yeah, 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 I think so because, like, you know, I mean, I have a lot to say. The thing is, when you start talking to me, I have cool shit to say, I feel Mm -hmm. like. So it's like, that's why I be quiet half the time because I'm like, shit, I'm cool, so why would I go, like, press it? To go talk to somebody else. And, and then when you force myself, it, you can you can I feel the awkwardness. To be whack. Yeah. yeah. So that rejection be feeling like, damn, I'm trying too hard. I was like, at Lupe Fiasco. I try to be super cool. He was yeah. looking at me like, this dude is the lamest motherfucker I ever met yeah. in my life. Yeah. It's been I've had those moments for sure where it's been after the fact where I'm like, yo, I was talking too much. Yeah. So um, you know, so yeah, it's it's definitely like I feel like in my mind, I feel like I can give my dream guy eventually. You know, mm-hmm. it's just about the right time, the right place. You need a roughneck. Nah, not someone a roughneck. Someone's gonna toss you around the bedroom. I come from a really good family. No roughnecks are in my no, family. No, I'm talking about like toss you around the bedroom, pile drive oh, yeah, you a little yeah, bit. That kind of roughneck. <laughs> like ex ex drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Performed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If you get, if sure. you come out with a bruise yeah. in your eye, it wasn't any kind of oh, you know no, no, none of domestic that. violence. Nah, it was nah. just just the way it, 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 it I goes have an on. That's a DA. I, none of that's oh, okay. going on. But what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> none of that's going. That's y'all, too far. Y'all going at it? Nah, man. Nah, that's not happening. But but however, so, I just need somebody that's you know standing on his own too, who don't care about what I got going on. Uh, I wanted to recount a, a starstruck moment I had uh, with Pharrell. Okay. Oh it yeah, was, Pharrell's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was nothing special. But uh, like, it was it was actually in Houston a few years ago. He had a, a liqueur line came out. I think it was called Cream. Okay. Like Q R E A M. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was at uh, that space right across from Onyx. That big ass looks mm-hmm. like a wedding venue. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I saw. I was just waiting for a chance to speak to him. My little brother, free as you know. Yeah. Um, I, he, I forgot that was your brother that fast. Y- yeah, he went up to him and he had like a, a decent conversation. And I was like, okay, hurry up before people like bombard him and I'm not yeah. able to say anything. So I went up to him. I was like, I don't even know what I said. I was like, and he's like, what? I was like, I don't know what I said. So I'm just saying stuff. And he was like, what? And I was like, I said something like, I really like your music. And he couldn't hear me. And then I and I couldn't hear him either. So he was just like, he just did a salute and he turned around and walked off. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I blew my chest. Yeah. But I, I met him uh, like at ComplexCon. He was super cool. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. <laughs> you tell he was, super now he was at no. ComplexCon, just this previous one? No, last year. Okay, okay. Last he, year he, he's and the year before, I think. He came no. in, He was in Dolly's booth this year for ComplexCon. Who's? Dolly, the girl that made my grill, who I was talking oh, about. Oh, really? Yeah, Pharrell stopped by her booth this oh, year. Oh, tight. Tight, um, tight, tight. But yeah, no, he's a he's a sweet guy. I, I have a cool story kind of about him, too. I was in the ISO booth, as I talked about recording in one day, 
And um, that's the, like the tiny booth in the studio. And basically, Teresa, who's the head A&R at Parkwood, um, shout out to Teresa. She came in there and was like, hey, honey. And she's from Texas. Um, she's been in the business for like over 20 years. She's like, hey, honey, um, Miss B wants to see you. I'm like, okay, cool. So I get up real quick. It, it wasn't out of the norm. Wait, Miss B? Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course. Um, so so I, I, um, I get up, you know, I take my headphones off because I was literally tracking something. I was in the middle of recording, but boss lady calls you, get up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm coming. So I, I'm following behind her. I go into like another booth in the studio. So it's equivalent to her coming and get me out of here. And we're just walking right down the hall to go into another mm-hmm. booth. So I don't know what to expect. I just think beefing to give me some direction on a song or tell me I need you to work on this or whatever, like normal. I walk in the room, it's her and Pharrell. <laughs> so, so yeah so I'm like hey you know I'm normal I'm like how you doing you know he's like hey I heard so much about you he just started talking to me mm-hmm. he's like yo I, she played me like a couple of the songs you wrote like you're dope as fuck like and you know this one record I had I want some Houston influence on it and she told me you're from Houston so listen to this and blah 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 so then B just shimmies out of the room she's like okay I'm just leave y'all mm. so now I'm just like awkwardly oh, in the room with Pharrell <laughs> So, like, he's playing the demo for me. He's giving me direction. I actually still had the demo that I did with him with both of our vocals on it and shit. Oh, wow. Um, and um, then, out of nowhere, as he and I are, like, talking, Jay, I see his face light up, and Jay is walking into the room. He's like, you know, all studios really had these glass doors, yeah. at least in New York. So I could see Pharrell, like, looking like somebody's coming, and I look up, and it's Jay, and they're, like, speaking, and then Jay, of course, speaks to me. So immediately, I try to, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave, and Jay's like, nah, stay. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I, I'm in there, and at first they're just talking, they're playing records, and I'm just like, damn, this is fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> um, and I'm in there, and hey, I'm just listening life. to like a bunch of unreleased stuff, and this is really special because they're just really talking like their level of talk about records mm-hmm. and like the standard. Like that and, uh, like Black Album Allure talk? Yeah, it's just special. So mm-hmm. like then after about 20 or 30 minutes, the conversation shifted to like some business conversation mm-hmm. and I could like, tell they started yeah. trying to talk around stuff uh-huh. and I was like, uh, should I go I'm now? Go. And Jay was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool, cool. Some signed so, NDA yeah. type shit. But yeah, yeah, they ain't never made me do that, thankfully. Uh-huh. But, um, but cause they know, you know, mm-hmm. I know better. But, so, it, I say that to say like, that shit was just so cool, like, walking in the room with him, and he treated me like he was a fan of mine. Like, and and that's what I've learned about a lot of these guys who are at the top. You don't, again, get to that point, like, being an asshole. I don't care what nobody say. Mm-hmm. Like, people, these guys are good guys, you know what I'm saying? And good people with good energy um, and just really talented and in on it, like, into their crafts. Like, he really cared about the fact that I was a new writer with some new ideas and a different sound, mm-hmm. you know, that that was different from what he's used to hearing from everybody else. And he just embraced that at the time. And it was just kind of the same thing when I first met Justin. He's just like, yo, I just did background vocals on one of the songs you wrote. I'm like, okay. Wow. You know, cool. <laughs> That's fucking tough. You know, but James introduced me to Justin initially, and James, you know, wrote, like, Justin's, like, last two albums, James mm-hmm. Fondleroy. So, mm-hmm. like, you know. Oh, I, did he? Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. He wrote, like, literally, like, not this past Wolf um shit that Justin was on. Like, Man so, of the Woods? Yeah, I like that, that album. We called it Wolf? Yeah, whatever it was called. <laughs> I was like, that's Wolf Timberlake. But, um, <laughs> but I'm talking about the 2020. 2020. And the one before, uh, the, he did two uh, of those. Feature uh, Love Sex Sounds. James, and then justified. That's fucking. James wrote all that shit. That's that's like, that 2020. That's 2020. That's 2020 something. All those songs. James Fonleroy has a credit on every last one of those songs. James Fonleroy also has a credit on every last one of the songs except one track on Bruno Mars's last album. Oh really? Mm, wow. He wrote literally. He co-wrote every last one of those songs. Dude, um, that dude's James a legend. wrote. That's what I like. He wrote Versace mm. on the floor. He wrote like I can. I mean, he wrote the album like so. 
James is like my real, for real homie, and he's so humble, and you know, like it's a blessing. I, I met James as a fan. It's crazy how I even met James. That's a whole nother podcast conversation. Mm. But <laughs> I met him. I, I had followed him on Instagram before. I mean, excuse me, on Twitter, Twitter before anybody had even really been like onto him like that because I was obsessed with cocaine eighties. Oh crazy. yeah, yeah, same. And so, um, I, I was always posting about cocaine eighties to the point where he eventually followed me back. Within six months. I went on. I ended up in Marfa, Texas, for Solange's birthday on vacation. With and B went with us or whatever. And um, I was responsible. I'm always responsible on vacations, typically for DJing and for bartending. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was playing music the whole time. And this is during when I was obsessed with Cocaine Eighties, and it was to the point where like I would be playing a bunch of other shit, but just drop a Cocaine Eighties record in mm-hmm. there, and it'd be so good and just fit the moment. And finally, be like about three times. I was like, "Who is this?" I'm like, "This James, this Cocaine Eighty. She's like, "Who?" I'm like, "James Fauntleroy." She's like, "Oh, I worked with him. He was, he wrote this song for me." And it happened like three times. The same kind of conversation. And- but yeah, just I'm, I was gonna say I'm super grateful. You know what I'm saying? Like I think this is a dope ass platform, and I think it's gonna grow for sure. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I just think even bigger Houston has so much to offer. You mm-hmm, know, I agree. and so I think as long as we have the energy of like anytime somebody who I respect hits me up, if I'm genuinely not busy, I'm not busy. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I can make time for anything that I feel like is important. You know, so when Greg hit me yesterday, it's like, you know, when you want me coming, he's like tomorrow. I'm like sure. You know, and it's gonna always be like that for me, and I just hope that like that that'll be the the, you know, the standard here eventually is just to really support those who support you because we do have a lot of incredible people here. And honestly, I'm getting older, so I'm trying to continue and doing what I started doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just stop or ever give up because I set out to do this really to be able to give back and pour back into, like, the people here who are dope. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And if I do have a platform to go to the person who so many people idolize, like, be, you know, she pays attention to what I say to her. That's why, again, I don't I don't abuse it. You know, I don't, I don't abuse use that line of communication, but I do have a line of communication with her. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if I come across something incredible and I feel like she can make a difference in somebody's life the way she has in mind, or if I can make a difference in somebody's life in any kind of way, then I am, you know, and that's why I'm really staying on top of my A&R shit and not only finding artists from Houston, but from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, I hope I can produce music for everybody, you know, and, um, curate music for everybody, you know, because mm-hmm. shit, this mumble shit's got to stop. Yeah, you know? J- Just so, so you know, I drew a picture of Jay-Z on his birthday. I'm I just saying, it. it was mad fresh. It's very, very good. Uh, yeah, I saw it. You know, yeah. if you... If you do want to, like, you know, pass it along. Yeah, I saw that. No, it's good. No, honestly, you know, that kind of stuff, I do actually show them when I see them. But to be honest with you, I've seen the past couple years since, since B at the Babies, I've only seen her like once a year. You know, even when mm. I opened her shows, I didn't see B. But I wouldn't even, um, even expect that to happen to the sense where I'm like, hey, pass this. Like I said, because nah. but, but before, like, maybe two years ago, I opened, like, can you do this now? Like, nah, you get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know. I I know you're joking, but but in all seriousness, going back to what I just said, like when it's really people I fuck with, like my homie, shout out to Mark Fury, he made the I Love Third War shirts. I don't know if you've Mark ever Fury. seen them. Oh, um, Mark, yeah, 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 yeah. That whole thing, the whole I Love Third whole yeah, yeah, yeah. house movement. He's tight. And he he actually hit me up during the On the Run tour weekend and was like, hey, I got some shirts I want to get to Beyonce. Can you give them to her? And um. You know, had anybody else hit me, like, can you no, give her my no. shirts? I would have said no, but I told him, sure. So yeah. he met me at brunch before the show with a box. It was packaged correctly. And I I didn't, I don't go in her dressing room to speak to her for myself because I can speak to her whenever. Mm-hmm. I, and I know she's getting ready for her show. But because I had those shirts to give to her, I literally, like, thugged my way into her dressing room and was like, hey, Julie is you know, her security 
assistant, you know, he got her. I'm like, can you make sure she gets these shirts? You know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, I say he that to say, Project like, Grow Houses, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's relevant. Like, it's something yeah, that she would exactly, want, yeah. you know, but just like your art is actually something that's really dope. So it's not like you somebody random just no. saying jokingly, hey, I did. No, that's something I actually, without you even saying yeah. that, typically when I'm in the room with them, that's the type of shit I share with them. You know what I'm saying? Super genuinely dope shit. And I wouldn't like, even expect that because once I, I did the Insecure art that had um um had Jay and um Issa, and Issa. Issa in there when they were in the the Seven Eleven, mm-hmm. and when I ended up meeting Issa like a week later, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh, I've seen your work. Like yeah. I, I've been tight. through your stuff. No, like you're dope. Everything. Like yeah. yeah, these guys. I'm telling you, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jay didn't see it because you got people like Lenny S who's on Instagram and Law who's on Instagram mm-hmm. who are really his guys. You know what I'm saying? So even though he might not be looking at it, trust me, they they looking I, at I, it. It gets they, it gets seen. It gets passed around exactly. to where they mm-hmm. they, they notice it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um yeah man you you booming trust me it's coming oh thank you yeah well guys uh, that has been a great episode number two of the Greg and Obi show um, redo <laughs> wait, b- b- <laughs> episode number two point five well, well b- before we end it Ingrid how can everyone know find you at I N G R I D on Instagram and Twitter that's at Ingrid and then wait first of all her name she got her name. Her ex- I wish I could just be Greg. <laughs> I'm fine with that bitch. No, you know, because then you get the spam for every True. Greg in the world. I want world. your name. I want people your name. Say, Change your name. Not that, but people tagging, like, their uh, friend the whose name shit. is Greg yeah. something. True. I get the tags for everybody. I'd be like, yo, I'm not the universal Ingrid around here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my, my SoundCloud and um, any other platform is Damn Ingrid, D-A-M-N Ingrid. So it's either Ingrid or Damn Ingrid. Cool. Uh, <laughs> are you doing your social platform, too, or is that... Uh, might as well. Well, um, you can find me at OBRS, O-B-I-A-R-I-S, on Instagram and also on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much it, really. I got Facebook, but everything on Facebook yeah, is on my, don't my even, Instagram. Don't even worry yeah. about Facebook. <laughs> and you can follow me across all social media platforms at Greg, N-O-I-R-E, Greg Noir. And I want you to outro uh, today's episode uh, with the song of your choosing because your music is dope. And I, if, whatever way we can help on our tiny platform mm-hmm. to increase visibility platform. for Absolutely. you, we're going to goddamn do it. Cool. Well, one, I'm going to introduce the video to Flex because we said we was going to oh, yeah. drop that oh, in there yeah. if oh, that yeah. happens. I don't know That's how that works. That's definitely happening. Just we putting can. in the show notes. Yeah. Um, cool. So Flex, you know, video featuring 7th Streeter, of course. But then... Um, check out Rodeo featuring Slim Thug for my mixtape where I stay. The link is in my bio on Instagram and it's actually a really dope project. So check out Rodeo from where I stay. Yeah. All right, Pace. One to one, number four, none to come. Bitch, I'm me, riding dolo through your neighborhood, jamming Destiny's Child and Old IB. I don't show my teeth unless I'm flossing on niggas, bossing on niggas, and tossing these niggas like I'm the new picture for the ashes on hoes. Y'all be calling these niggas and stalking these niggas. Cupcaking, cake baking, Betty Crocker, Duncan Hines. I hopped out the car to grab a guard. He said, Dan, you fine. Can I waste your time? I don't follow me home. I live alone. I told a nigga, meet me for a drink. I be at the D bar one deep, crying on the rocks. I don't never OD. The boy was all in my ear like a groupie. He said the right thing. I might let him do me I probably lost count But shit One drink with the two drinks Now we in my new Jeep About to make a movie No R. Kelly though Cause nigga I don't do pee I don't do kids And this nigga Jumbo He built like my tumbo And I got the gumbo That fire that rebbing That good jambalaya And he got the money So I'm about to feed him Then I probably leave him And send him to you I'm from the track Bitch I'm the truth I took off the roof And I threw up the deuce He think about me When he up under you He wanna ride it like the rodeo That ain't my man 
From my soul, now he all in. They like, oh, you Creole, so you speak French. Then I just say I'm from Third Ward, bitch. I'm on some Third Ward shit. Fuck with the set. Grew up on a regular, but my daddy had debt, so the bank said step to the left. Then I'm fabulous, but the taste so fresh. Well kept, more well spoken. My light skin friends say I'm something like a token. I be unbothered, nonchalant, just smoking. I feel like I look gorgeous and focused. Your man keep texting me, say what she was next to me. I'm about to hit him with a Texas P. Hot sauce, sex and sleep. He had his best for me. He wanna hit it and press repeat. It may be best to leave, cause he came with you, but he left with me. He wanna ride it like the rodeo. That ain't my man, that's the homie though. Our little secret don't nobody know. She can't love you like I love you though. He wanna ride it like the rodeo. That ain't my man, that's the homie though. Our little secret don't nobody know. She can't love you like I love you, though. Hey, friend, how you been? When you gon' hit your bro up? Translation down when the next time we can fuck. Cause she got a boyfriend, but he ain't with no turning up. She need a thug like thugger to cut a good like a slut. Hit it from the back, same time smacking on that ass. Said it's fun fucking with me cause her man bust too fast. Well, baby, let's have a blast. Pass the smoke while the stroke. Say you my bitch, grab your throat. Got my whole bed soaked. Oh, what's your freaky fantasies? I make them all come true. Say you never kissed a girl, well, let me Tell one come through Everything confidential, baby Keep that out your mental I'm too player to hate I be here, boo Thugger 